Plunger? Check. Hard hat? Check. Fifteen million dollars and a gun? Check. Mate. Goodbye, Bob. No! Guess who? Maris? Hello everyone, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello. Scott McLeod here, joined for the first episode of our new series, Eclectic Escapades. I came up with that. I was about to give you credit, but there you go, it has to get you get the first word in, doesn't it? Yeah, huh. Bye bye, the man who won't let you forget that he came up with that name, and we couldn't think of anything better, Paul Brown. You mean you couldn't think of anything better, that's why you went with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it right, state the facts, man. I came up with your gear. I've done enough for this show. I've done plenty. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, we've talked about doing this for a wee while and now we're finally doing it. It's basically give a spin-off of our Frasier like, review series, which I haven't done in a wee while, but we're basically looking at Frasier actors and uh, their other you know, not most noble TV and film appearances. Indeed. And we've got, like, over the course of this particular series we're doing, mm-hmm. there's a lot of Fantastic standouts, just particularly, most notably, I find that John Mahoney mm-hmm. has the most acting credits to his name. Yeah, you know because he's done countless roles in mm-hmm. major films and such. You know, yeah, he's been in some standouts. He's been in like, you know, in the Line of Fire uh-huh. with Clint Eastwood, great movie. He was also in. Uh, he was in Primal Fear. He with, was in Primal with Fear. Yeah, uh, Richard Gere and Ed Norton. Yep. It was in Reality Bites with Winona Ryder. He was he voiced the general in uh, the Iron Giant. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think it was also in uh, Atlantis as well. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was yeah. in Atlantis. But yeah, he's done lots of roles. I think also part of the reason he's just known for Martin not only because Fraser went for so long and is such a big it was such a big hit and still has a big fan base today. But also oh, because yeah. majority of his other roles, he did find a career for himself being. The other guy, you know, yeah, where yeah. he popped up, he, he's never the most significant, he's rarely ever the lead from what I can see. It's no, weird. it's not a bad thing, at least he got him constant work and everything. It was, it was often like the, it was often like the serious foil to the lead guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in Lynn the Line of Fire, uh-huh. it was kind of like, it was a guy that was above Clint Eastwood in the sort of ranks, but he always tried to look out for him and tried to help him and mm-hmm. shit, but he was like, you know, you've got to not be a fud, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So oh, he's, he's always that kind of guy in the movies that eventually you'll get to that seemingly like, oh, well, look I'm your friend but even I can't help you with this one man <laughs> even I your friend can't help you and they're like I know and they're like I know see I uh, but like like when you were trying to come up with a name for this particular show like, <laughs> I can't think of anything and it's like I know I'm your friend but I can't help you man and you're like I know and I'm like oh wait eclectic escapades yay I helped <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but we wanted to start with something to do with Kelsey Grammer. Originally, we were just going to do like specifically the episode of The Simpsons where David Hyde Pierce also guest stars alongside him. Yes, and Sideshow Sissel. <laughs> but we decided to kind of expand this episode, and it's going to be more a look back at yeah, the most notable appearances of Sideshow Bob uh-huh. in The Simpsons. And the appearance of Cecil and a later appearance from John Mahoney, which I didn't, I didn't even know about. Yeah. At first, so aside from Bob, I think one of the most popular reoccurring characters, one of my favourite reoccurring Simpsons characters. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we'll get into him in a wee bit, but before we, we delve into this, how, how are you feeling, Pa? How have you been up to since our last, you know, ex- our, our last escapade? Well, since our last escapade, I mean, I've had a little bit of a cold. Mm-hmm. Not the not the dreaded COVID, as mm-hmm. a lot of people are unfortunate to get. But I've had a little bit of a cold. I've looked after my mother's dog. And I've watched a lot of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So not a lot, you know, mm-hmm. not a lot. Oh yeah, and I, I did the dishes. <laughs> so yes, I've done some housework, watched a lot of YouTube, and watched the dog for my mum. He's uh, well likes to live on the wild side, as you can clearly see from episode to episode. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh yeah, and I had myself a lovely bottle of red wine the other night. Oh yeah, you've started. I was wondering, I was going to ask if you would start drinking again, but. I was... Because I know you said you'd 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 no, had to stay I, off I decided I decided to stay off it once the the medicine was done. I decided to turn over a new leaf for all of two seconds. Mm-hmm. So when did you? I, I don't want to say cry. But when did you say to say ah go? I'm gonna have a wee bit of wine. Oh no, I cried. I drank last weekend. Oh, did you? Yeah, because my 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 course of medicine I was on finished midweek. Mm-hmm. I did not drink the day after we finished. Uh-huh. But then the day after that, I drank. <laughs> but surprisingly, I did not drink a lot. Uh-huh. I was, I was, time off of alcohol has given me a weird sense of not wanting to drink. Fair enough. So, I'm a clean and sort of sober me. Yeah, what a change that will make. <laughs> yeah, until I can get booze again. Yes. And Brian is not here for it to get it, so now you have to get it yourself. I know, I know. Hence the wine. <laughs> Hence the wine. It was a lovely bottle of red wine once I got halfway down the bottle and didn't care anymore. <laughs> and then once I got to the bottom of the bottle, I fell asleep. <laughs> fell right asleep. For an hour. Alright. And then couldn't get to sleep again until around three in the morning. Which sucked ass. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever, in your experience of drinking, had one of those nights where you drink so much that you just black out. No. And then you wake up, and then you go, ah, I feel shit. But, oh, I'm wide awake and cannot fucking sleep. So I sat up and binged watched Friends. <laughs> Alright. How much Friends did you end up to watch in the end? <sighs> Almost two seasons worth. You almost watched, you watched, you watched <laughs> almost two seasons worth of Friends because you couldn't get back to sleep. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I like Friends. No, I just I didn't expect you to spend that long watching Friends because like it's like twenty odd episodes a season. Yeah, yeah. You were just sitting there from episode after episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I did. Fair enough. Oh, I briefly thought of watching something else, but then I thought, nah, Friends will do. <laughs> Friends is good. Friends is safe and comforting. <laughs> I know, I, I go back and forth on Friends, like, there are times where I like Friends, and like or, or once or twice on Netflix, as most people will do when there's a show that they like that has quite a few seasons, I'll just go back and watch it from the beginning again. I remember why. Oh, I remember why I like that character, or oh, I remember why I don't like you. You're a prick. Oh, no, I, 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 I admit to getting emotional watching Friends. I find it quite sweet at times. We done this only more my last uh, rewatch of it a couple of years ago that I remembered. Oh yeah, Rachel is a cunt. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel is the worst. Of Rachel all of is them. not the worst. How is she the worst? She is the absolute worst. Oh, you are the worst. For You're thinking the worst. That. 
I could go on all day, but I don't think we have time in this particular episode to talk about. Well, one of these days, there's going to be an episode, of, an argument episode, recent where I find out your reasons for thinking Rachel is the worst. Like I say, I don't think any of the Frasier actors appeared in uh, Friends, probably because they were around about the same time. But that is not true. I said they were round about the yeah, same time. But that is not true. <laughs> no. Was in France. I'm talking about the core cast. We're not looking at what Noel was up to outside yeah. of it. Noel went and played a pervy man. I know. Who got turned on by vegetables. I know. But <coughs> we'll only say we'll find somebody who's in some... Oh, Jennifer Anderson is also in the Iron Giant. Well, if you're the Iron Giant, then I can talk about why Rachel is a prick. You're a prick. You're a prick. Rachel's the best. I was. I started writing an article for Roger Pinks' website about why Rachel was the worst. and I haven't finished it. Mind you, that was over a year ago. I, look, I had this argument with Brian, not but last weekend. And I'll tell you something. Well, you were wrong then and you're wrong now. I'll tell you something else. He shouldn't have been doing no cheating. She said they wanted a break. And then he hears her on the phone with another guy in the background. So he thinks that she's already moved on with somebody no, else. He, he didn't was, know. He was being a weird controlling douchebag in the first place. Again, we do not have time for this. But yeah, we will eventually do... Uh, one with Jennifer Anderson, in it, and we will talk about why she's a freaking. Oh, friend. I, I will probably get so angry with you. I'm already angry right now. But anyway, I said, as I was saying, a year ago, I've not finished it, but I started an article about why she was I need to go back to it because I think I need to actually put it into some sort of structure because really it's just me spewing my, my venom onto a page and it's like, no, fucking dad, Rachel, fight back. Spewing your evil, unfounded hatred of the best character in it. Oh, don't don't you start your fist now. What, she's, did you get it from the, other people too? No, don't say she's the best character. She's not the best character. I don't know who the best is, but you know, who 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 is your worst then? Are you who's, one, who's my worst? Are you one of those people who doesn't like Ross? I mean, Ross isn't the best character. I admit it, but Rachel is worse. I, I fuck off. No, she's not. I don't have a worst character. I like them all. Well, I be, I generally think Chandler's a fud, but I, 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 this is one thing I, I don't get about friends. A lot of people who watch back all say, "Oh, Chandler was worse." He's always so annoying. I watch it back and I think. No, he's just a sarky prick. No, I don't think he was annoying. I just think he was a bit of a diddy. Like he's just he always he's always got a comment to say, but like his comments are good. Maybe it's because I've grown up to be a sarcastic prick that I identify with when Chandler was a sarcastic prick. And maybe there's all there's always a group of friends that has a sarcastic prick like a Chandler. And if you don't know who that is in your group, it's probably you. Okay, Chandler. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. You're, you're, I'll see your Phoebe because you're just weird. <laughs> <laughs> I like Phoebe. <laughs> she was almost not Phoebe, she was almost Rose, as we've learned before. That would have been awful. Mm-hmm. She would have been a terrible Rose, and Rose would have been a terrible Phoebe. <laughs> yeah, there's an alternate universe out there where Perry Gilson has went, went on to be Phoebe and Lisa Kudrow was Rose. Yeah. No, none of the friends, any of them, were the worst. But the one that I occasionally found hard to deal with was Monica. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's an idiot. She ruined a fantastically good relationship with 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 fucking Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. She could have bought puppies. <laughs> you know, or she could have been the lovable aunt. She had a fantastically good relationship. She ruined it, and she ended up with Chandler. <laughs> Tom Selleck appears in one episode of, of Friends without his moustache. I know, it's, and it's weird. it's fucking weird, isn't it? 
It was weird. I never, never knew. I thought I assumed as soon as he got that goalie's moustache, he never shaved it. What? What was he thinking? Yeah. I did. I did realize one thing from Friends, though. What was that? Well, it wasn't just like I see in the episode where Jennifer Aniston dresses up as Princess Leia for Ross. Yeah. I realized then and there it wasn't just the fact that I found Carrie Fisher unattractive. Mm-hmm. That was a given. Yeah. It was like no one looks good. As Princess Leia with that stupid fucking hairstyle. Yes. Anyway, but moving on. From well, this is a discussion for another show. Yes, yeah, discussion for a different, for a different show. Rachel hating freak. Fuck you. <laughs> I feel, I feel, I do. One of my best guest appearances. One of the best guest appearances I think in Friends is when Hugh Laurie randomly pops up to call her out on another plane. Like, I, I'm sorry. You are a horrible person. <laughs> I didn't like that bit of the episode. I, I didn't like I it at all. <laughs> I didn't. I'll tell you who was the worst fucking character in Friends. Yeah. Not one of the Friends, but Ross's almost wife, Emily. She was a bitch. The male of her time. <laughs> I knew that would annoy you. Don't get me started. <laughs> you, would, a... you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I don't like you now. <laughs> But, you know, since, since Paul didn't ask, I'll tell you anyway, I've had an okay week. Oh, yeah. How was your week, Scott? Well, I got a haircut you didn't think to ask about. I... How was your haircut? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I couldn't get the woman I usually get, but, you know, it's it's fine. I, I was get, it was getting to a point where, like, it's getting ridiculous. It looks neat. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, I'm going out <sighs> to the weekend. I'm going to see ICW at the bar lounge. Going to see some wrestling. Yes, couldn't give a shit about most of the ICW card. I looked <sighs> on it like, don't know who that fucker is. Don't know who that is. Oh, that's, that'll be a good match. That'll be a good match. These people will be good because they're not wrongins. Yeah. I do have one thing I'm looking forward to tonight. Hmm. I'm going to watch Impact. I have not watched a single full episode of Impact since <laughs> everywhere. I've seen a few <sighs> backstage segments with like Josh Alexander and people annoying Scott Demure. Yeah. As his hair gets progressively greyer because people won't stop annoying the poor man. Yeah. <laughs> but I forgot that actually Turning Point is this Saturday. Yeah. Jeez. It's going to be cool. Well, they say there's a big stipulation. I just won the match, but I don't think you would have seen that, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I don't Because I don't know if it gets announced on tonight's impact or not. i just seen it in the news thing. Well, I'll, I will find out tonight. I'll look forward to seeing it tonight. It'll be good. Yes. But, uh... Yeah, the main reason I'm going to this show is because, you know, I've got pals who are also going to be bought the tickets. We went to the Fear and Loathing uh, show on SWGC in 2019, and then it was over two nights at the Barlands. I went, Ooh. the second ICW show I went to as part of, like, going regularly with this group from ESSR, mm. the second show I went to was at the Barlands. Yeah. And so it was a nice venue. And we all bought tickets, like, a month later when they all got went on sale, and they all just a year to go, we're all doing all that's, that's like us being prepared. And then it got cancelled because obviously the pandemic and then got delayed and delayed and eventually now we're doing what should have been last year's Fear and Loathing this year. And so basically it's a case of we're going to get our money's worth. <laughs> oh well, I'm sure you'll have fun. We will. But anywho. But anywho, yeah, that, that, so between that, I'm, look, I've got that to look forward to because it's been a long week of work and I've watched far too much Simpsons in preparation for this. I've watched 10 episodes that involved Sideshow Bob. Of varying degrees of quality because they're across different seasons. I'm pretty sure there are other episodes that he's in after this, but we're not going to really talk about them. But we're just going to focus on a few episodes. Going to be mini retrospective of Sideshow Bob as portrayed by Kelsey Grammer. But first, Paul, a bit of business. A bit of business. Yes. I don't have any money. I have here this box with the eBay logo on it. You got me a box. You can do it. You can. 
you know, had the episode of a click escapade with the lovely Kelsey Grammer, or you can trade it all for what's in box. this box. The box. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> this, I got, I got Paul a lovely present from eBay. Had to bid on shit, so and I, and at one time I lost a bid because I'm not used to eBay. So I basically started looking for similar items, but with the buy it now option. Yeah, that's what they do. I know I never try to bid on anything anymore with eBay. I look for buy it now options and. Lazy, my, my last successful bid on eBay was my Plato box set. <laughs> but uh, this will be considering what Paul has his collection going on and uh, and on his house and his memorabilia. I think you'll enjoy this little addition, Jim. And uh, what's lip with Paul? I, I removed see. a lot of cardboard from that box. Somebody, whoever sent me that, packed that thing with a lot of shit in cardboard. Hey, hey, Paul's, cool. you know, Paul's reaction uh, on the podcast. Ah, yeah. Turn it around. Turn it around. It's John Nord. <laughs> tell the people, open it up and tell the people. Oh, he's put his hatred of the man aside. <laughs> I have gotten Paul a WWF Hasbro the Berserker action figure. With his thing in his hat. Yes. Ah, oh, that's awesome, Scott. <laughs> Thank you, man. If, if anybody knows anything about our history with John Nord, you'll know how much it pained me to, to get this, to have to spend my hard-earned money on this thing. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <Awesome. laughs> <laughs> so yes he can watch the episode with us so I got the idea a few weeks ago when we were talking about that old that magazine that you had yeah you were going through a bunch of WF Hasbro's like I've got him but I don't have him so I was looking back and I made a note and I, looked, I started looking up on eBay some WF Hasbro's well let's see with the information that came on the Hasbro mm-hmm. Berserker height 6 foot 8 weight 323 pounds origin Iceland <laughs> Known for his barbaric wrestling style, his favourite quote, Huss, Huss. <laughs> his favourite, his future ambition is to make Mr. Fuji happy. <laughs> I don't know how you could take that statement, but there you go. Well, if you have a filthy mind like you, then well, many always, different ways. Considering his WWF career, he obviously didn't make him happy enough. <laughs> but thank you, Scott, that is a You're fantastic welcome. present. And, and you got me a box. That's because it is a bonus, you can keep the box. <laughs> I am going to keep the box. <laughs> you can use that for Ooh. whatever. And you got bubble wrap. Poppy so. pop pop pop. <laughs> pop. Ah <laughs> oh, crap pop. <laughs> I may have burst quite a bit of the bubble wrap before I gave you. Cool. So I play with the bubble wrap later, maybe we've got a show to do. Oh. <laughs> okay. Are you happy with your your berserker? Yes, I'm happy with my bubble wrap. <laughs> and you can you can put that in amongst your your collection that is growing. Yes, and that card will go in the little booklet I have. <laughs> I have a few little cards. <laughs> I was gonna say like I don't want to, but there you go. There's one he needs, and uh, it'll be funny if I if I had to go out my way to get a bloody berserker. Oh, that is everything. awesome and very much appreciated. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Now, on to Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the full credit name of, of Sideshow Bob is Robert Underdunk Terwilliger. Also <laughs> <laughs> uh, voiced by Kelsey Grammer. Now, Kelsey Grammer, before he got the voice of this, uh, the character Sideshow Bob had appeared in a couple of episodes in season one as a, back, 
as the sidekick of Krusty the Clown. He'd never got the chance to speak. He was just the the comedy punchline. Yeah, he'd, he'd been sort of like the early showings of Sideshow Mel. Yes, he was basically you know, he was just. You know, and I think in an early, early episode, he didn't have brown hair either. He had mm-hmm. green hair in an early episode. Yeah, I think he, he looked changed. I mean, there's, there's an episode, like, in the first couple of episodes of Mr. Miss Smithers with uh, darker skin yeah, and different hair. And then a few episodes later, it was changed to the look of Smithers we know now. And it's not like it was ever addressed. But eventually, they wanted to give him a voice and everything after he used, you know, just the punchline and the... He's like used to have pies thrown in his face and all sorts of other yeah, and blown up in a cannon, and yeah, shot out of a cannon, things. things like that. And eventually, they wanted to give him a voice. And Sam Simon, one of the main creators and producers behind, along with Matt Green, behind uh, Simpsons, also worked on Cheers and so knew Kelsey Grammer. And uh, the first time he appeared was in 1990, so Cheers is still wrapping up, and Frasier hasn't started yeah. just yet. But uh, it was on Cheers that Sam Simon approached him. And basically, he thought of Kelsey specifically to portray Sideshow Bob because he what they wanted to portray the one of you. Oh, this guy's actually very, very well, articulate, very well spoken, very edu- educated, and everything articulate. And uh, yeah. yeah, offered the part to to Kelsey. I don't know if they ever thought he would be such a weird character, or if he would just be a one off. But he also he specifically thought of because I mean, Kelsey Grammer told the story on the uh, the Graham Norton show where he talked about the yeah. expression for the voice. And he talked about an actor he used to work with called uh, Ellis Rapp and how he used to talk like, oh, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, I always made sure to make, keep a note of how what, how he sounded because I wanted to use that one day. I wanted to you know, use this voice for a character when I eventually he felt right. Yeah, he was like, listen, and then he got part of Sideshow Bob and he went, that's it, that's it. Uh, he read over his and he said how he noticed so many similarities between Ellis Rapp and Sideshow Bob. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the first... Time he ever gets to speak is the second last episode of season one of since I didn't realize he actually got a, he first spoke in season one. I thought it was been a season two episode because I knew he was in and around the early seasons. Yeah, but I didn't no, know. it was a far, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it, when uh, Krusty goes to jail or something like that. Uh, I have made the notes for all these episodes here uh, for your to make it a bit easier. Season one, episode twelve, Krusty gets busted. Ah, which aired April twenty ninth, I would have been in little school then. There you go, we get the first episode where at the start of obviously Sideshow Bob is fired out of a cannon as per usual. And uh, he's always taking the piss out of all he gets to do. He doesn't get to be he gets to play a wee slide whistle. And uh, Homer is forced to go on an errand to the Quickie Mart to get ice cream because Patty and Selma are in, which yeah. I think he's not happy about. And uh, you see, we see what looks like Krusty hanging around the Quickie Mart and everything. But uh, and then he ends up robbing the place, but we don't realise it's Sideshow Bob in disguise yeah. and everything. And I think it's really comical the way they arrest Krusty because you have SWAT team burst into his door yeah, for a simple convenience store robbery. He's chilling out in his nice home, making popcorn and whatnot, and then like man bust him and hold a gun to his head, and he's like, "Hey, hey, I pe- I paid for this popcorn." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like they try and pin all oh, like. Look at all these bets that Percy's made and lost money. Like, oh, that's why he wrote the story needing money. Like, is it a kind of run sporting events? Yes. Is it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> also, I love Homer's reaction when he notices that uh, Sideshow dresses Percy. He's got a, a gun and he hides into a stack of potato chips. And uh, as soon as he leaves, uh, like, Papoos are like, very well, you know, I I know the drill. I work in a convenience store. I know what the drill is when somebody holds me up. And as soon as he leaves, he says to Homer, you can come out now. Your opportunity to be a hero is now over. 
uh, and obviously Bart is staunchly like. Like, yeah, no, he's supporting Krusty, uh, like, he doesn't Christy, believe it. I, I think it's a run, one of the main run things about Bart is that how he's blindly loyal to Krusty no matter what happens, no matter how much over the seas we realise that Krusty, the, the person behind the makeup, is a truly a horrible person, really. Well, I wouldn't say a horrible person, a deeply flawed individual. Yes, he's not He's not exactly a role model that he's portrayed as he's on not, television. He's not a horrible person, per se, he's just terribly, terribly, terribly flawed. Mm-hmm. Like me. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you that alone. Terribly, terribly flawed. And so Sigel Bob tries to turn the uh, turn the show into a more educational programme. He's reading yeah. excerpts of uh, classical. And singing with his lovely singing voice. Yes, and... uh, he has a grammar has and everything. I think, again, like, part of the reason, I think because he had to sing, that's part of the reason Sam Simon chose uh, grammar because grammar said he would occasionally like to sing between takes mm. and on cheers. And he has a lovely singing voice, as you said. So that I further got him the part. Uh, but then Homer, it's further more conflict between him and Bart because uh, Bart has uh, Homer has to testify because he was there at the Quickie Man. Obviously, he was filled. So and like Bart's trying to beg him to like not yeah. if he testifies, then Krusty will go to jail, and he doesn't want Krusty to go to jail. Also, at the start of it, you see uh, it just shows you how influenced kids can be by kids TV. I think that was what they were going for, but. Uh, Right, showed the kids in the audience and Bart and Lisa repeating it back at the start of the episode. Goes, who do you love, Krusty? How much do you love Krusty? With all our heart. What would you do if the Krusty went off the air? We'd kill ourselves. <laughs> and so, eventually, he gets Lisa's help and he goes to admit, you're smarter than me. Yeah. And then she point, we find out that Krusty had a pacemaker and he admits on the stand that I'm illiterate and I can't read or write. Yeah. And then the CCTV shows Krusty reading a magazine or standing yeah. by a, a microwave which has a sign on it. Do not, uh, do not become close or operate if you have a pacemaker or a heart condition. And yeah. so that gives uh, Lisa further credence to think that maybe it was framed. And so they go to Sideshow Bob who kind of blows them off and everything. And eventually Bart works it out because of the size of uh, the size of uh, Sideshow Bob's feet. Yeah. And then eventually he's. Sideshow Bob eventually does go to jail, and uh, Christy does thank Bart for uh, for never helping him for not for not like for never stopping to believe in him. Yeah, and that's the first episode. It's pretty much all wrapped up in a as Homer said, wrapped up in a neat little package, <laughs> and uh, it would have been fine. And obviously, if Sideshow Bob never came back, but thankfully they did bring him back for a uh, season three, episode twenty one, uh, which aired on April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety two, Black mm. Widower. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You get to see more of Kelsey Graham. Kelsey Graham actually gets to speak more because uh, it's around tw- between 20 and 25 minutes. The, uh, I'll say 22 to 25 minutes, the uh, the first episode that he appears in. And Sideshow Bob doesn't actually see his first line as Sideshow Bob, I don't think, until uh, 14 minutes in. Yeah. Because he speaks in a quickie mark when Homer sets on his feet, but he's... Um, speaking like Krusty. He speaks like Krusty, so you could even say that's probably the Krusty voice actor that did that. Yeah. Uh, so, so he as Kelsey Grammer are doing social Bob, he doesn't see his first line until 40 minutes in. Whereas at the start, he talks about his time in prison while he's having dinner with him because it's revealed he's dating Selma. Mm. And uh, also, Bart is like, like how could you? Like, he framed Chris, he's, 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 he's no good and he's all that. evil. Like, like, so the first time Bart interacts with him and realizes he's, like, he's evil, mm-hmm. you <laughs> know, and I'll go back to something you didn't sure. hit on from that first episode. Go ahead. The main thing that Bart points out, and it's a 
long-standing trope in The Simpsons mm-hmm. is the size of Teacher Bob's, Teacher Bob's feet. But mm-hmm. he says, like, Krusty has normal tiny feet, mm-hmm. like like good people, but yeah. Bob has big evil feet. Yeah, you well, know. I think it was also pointed out because Homer steps on his foot and, yeah. he, and he complains about bits of the edgy feet, but it was real that uh, Krusty has larger feet, but also they have has, more room in it. Yeah. He has tiny feet. So I'll say if he, if Homer did actually step on Krusty's foot, Krusty might not have felt it. Yeah. But if, I'll say if he's fully had to be inside so well with the size of his massive feet. Yes. <laughs> but I'll say he comes to the house and uh, I do love the bit uh, where they're saying, oh, like, uh, Selma met him during the Piss and Pen Pal program and everything. And so, like, and Marjorie say like, now let's not judge him before we get to know him. You know, he's, he's an ex-convict, he's paid his debt to society. But he goes, so why are you not using a good China? I'm just not. <laughs> Uh, and then there's also a really big show, Bob, and uh, Bob explains what he was up to in prison, how angry he was, and then how he met Selma and everything. Yeah. And we, that's so, like I said, we get to actually hear more of Kelsey Armour's actual voice and learn more about Sideshow Bob as a mm. character in this episode. And he's blends a bit more thought out, I think, the way he's you know, winning the trust of the family and everything, and uh, and gets married to Selma and everything despite clearly having all two roles and plans to kill her yeah uh, has it revealed why he tried to go is it for her money because she reveals that she's got quite a lot of money right in the middle of the episode and he jokes oh I hope people don't think I'm marrying you for your money or is it really to hurt the family or hurt Bart I don't think they ever actually really hit on why he's planning on killing her yeah. Other than the fact that he's Sideshow Bob, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't think we make any specific point as to why <laughs> his reasoning is behind it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it could just be because of Selma. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a later episode where he's on parole and uh, she says he tried to kill me on our honeymoon. And the lawyer, how many people in this courtroom are thinking about killing this woman right now? A few people raise their hands. Be honest. And then, uh, and then, Patty puts her. Well, what is it? She, she keeps leaving the toilet seat up or something. Uh, she keeps leaving the toilet seat up. And you're like, <laughs> why? Why are you leaving the toilet seat up, woman? Something like that. Uh, also, I think they do keep finding excuses for have Kelsey Grammer sing, because they do have a scene with him and Selma doing a duet yeah. uh, uh, on karaoke. And you see his, his voice, and then you have her voice. It's very gravel from smoking a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the reason I'm asking about the motivation and everything is because, like, if, like, if I don't know why, if he's what his real plan and intention were about behind killing her, and then I'm trying to figure out like his whole thing about when he explains how he met her and he claims all oh, like that, having somebody on the outside who cared about him like caused him to become a model prisoner and that helped him get his release and everything. But mm. so that so we need to know is that true or was that a lie? Because mm. like he, he acts like uh, he acts like he loves her and then when you actually see them which is they're getting mad, he's like just being around her and everything. <laughs> I like it like the scenes when he's rubbing her feet and speaking Latin to her and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Ah, it's Latin for. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 like I said, I'm going to kill you. Or like, oh, it's Latin for. It's something about feet and everything. Goes, yeah. And then he says something in Italian. Goes, what's that? It's Italian for. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and then he has an argument about not liking her TV show, MacGyver, and everything. And then do, oh, I can lie. Look, how. It was a there was a dreadfully delightful, well well thought out plot that didn't make me want to rinse at all. <laughs> and then she mentions she lost her sense of taste and smell. And then Bart realizes he's planning on uh, like killing her whilst he's watching her TV show because she'll light up a cigarette but not realize there's gas pouring in. Yeah. Yes. So also he's also I love that Marge at the end goes like 
It's like, like it's maybe a heartfelt moment or anything. Like, but there was, but there was one little boy who never lost his sense of distrust. <laughs> <laughs> also, when Selma sends him the image of her, goes, "Here's a picture of myself, me and my sister Penny riding a bike for two. I forget which one I am." <laughs> so yeah, that's the same. So we get a bit, bit more of Sancho Bob and everything. I don't know why if he was really. It really was a plot why he would try and get them through Selma or anything like that, why he wouldn't just go after Bart himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I think that episode just points points out that he's a bit nuts. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then also he tries to properly kill Bart. Like that becomes his sole focus now after being sent to jail twice. By Bart. By Bart. Yeah. Uh, that is... Season 5, Episode 2, aired on October 7th, 1993. So this would have been one month after this will be less than a month into the run of Frasier because the first episode of Frasier aired September 16th I want to say 1993 mm-hmm. so Frasier is just starting to kick off and everything and they'll say still a character like I said season 5 episode 2 Kate Fear which I'll say is a, uh, a whole, majority of the episodes are an homage to the film Kate Fear yeah. I think primarily it's, it's referencing the Rob De Niro remake in the 80s uh, which is a great film if anyone hasn't it, seen it you should it watch really it really is a great mm-hmm. film <laughs> and I've, uh, seen, I've seen the original with Robert Mitchum as well yeah. it's also a good film uh, and so in this episode we see he's fully you know given some events like he's sending Bart threatening letters and everything and mm. uh, they go to police and Wigan goes well I'll have to help you but there's no no law against mailing threatening letters actually there is chief oh also said you can't put squirrels down your pants for the purposes of gambling. And then he looks in the room to the other polis who are gambling with squirrels doing their pants. He's like, ah, not grab, boys. And they're like, ah, right. And he shakes the squirrel at his trousers. <laughs> and it's also that features that I aforementioned, you know, scene in the courtroom with the, how many people are thinking of killing this <laughs> And also there's the, uh, the line there, what about that tattoo on your chest? Doesn't oh. that say, die, Bart, die? Oh, no, no. That's German for the Bart. Indeed. Oh, well, nobody who speaks German could be evil. <laughs> I think it's this episode where he's uh, he walks out, he does the big long walk, the camera glues close to him, and then he falls because the prison's on an island, and he falls into water. Boat's on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and there's like even a scene where he didn't where he didn't uh, push up and has uh, got a tattoo back of him killing part, which is just an homage to. Keith, because I've seen a Rob Daniels character with big tattoos on his yeah. back and everything. And the, the tattoos, love, <laughs> L-U-V, hat. <laughs> <laughs> and so he keeps... The, also, there's the scene in the, the, the theatre where he's uh, <sighs> smoking the big cigar and laughing very obviously, which is also how uh, Nick Nolte, who plays the lawyer, the uh, Rob Daniels character's uh, tormenting first characters, his character in that film, so obviously that's how they're reunited. Yeah. Like, and they, they tell me stay away from Margaret. Oh, I'll stay away from. Stay away from forever. Wait, that's, that's not very good. Margaret, no. so tell me stay away from your son again. No. no. <laughs> and so, obviously, through fear of uh, of St. Joe Bob, they seem yeah. to go into witness uh, <laughs> witness uh, protection. The Thompsons. <laughs> when I. Press down and step on your foot, you say. No, when I step on your foot and say, Hello, Mr. Thompson, you say, Hello, hello, Mr. Thompson. I think he's talking to you. (laughs) 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 So, 
Uh, they come with Thompson. Yeah, I forgot they'd done that to the Thompson. Uh, <laughs> I showed them this new, I think, like Blood Creek. Or they're like, we have play locations. Uh, Blood Creek, Cape Fear. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I say, I always love that bit where the FBI guys try to get it through fucking home and like, oh, well, hello, Mister Thompson. I think he's, he's talking, talking to you. you. Also, although we uh, we think that would become a well, it was a thing actually. There's a scene of it in. Jared Balto will become a thing in season three of uh, Frasier. Uh, as they leave and while well, hiding under their, their cars as they're moving all their stuff, they all sing Three Little Maids. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, John Cleese cameos in an episode of uh, Tears and Ian as an old schoolmate of of uh, Frasier and they sing that song and then he also gets tricked into singing it on the radio. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> So when they start singing the Three Little Maids from school, are we? <laughs> and then... Which is a weird song. I didn't expect them to all be singing and everything. Was, and they keep pitting off like potholes and like <coughs> that hurt. And ball, clear ball hasn't got us through. Ow! This coffee's too hot. Ah! <laughs> hey kids, want to drive through that cactus patch? Yay! Yeah. No. <laughs> well, let's do the one. <laughs> and then also when he gets out from finally from under the the car, he just he keeps stepping on the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously he keeps tracks them onto the the houseboat. Yeah. Also, that each of my favorite Homer moments where uh, he comes in with a knife. Hey, Bart, one of those brownie. Ah, oh, let me cut a little slice for a bit. Dad, I'm a little on edge because it's hard to blow. We appreciate you didn't burst in my room, care oh, oh, right, knife. Right, right. Hey, Bart, want to see my new hockey mess and chainsaw? Oh, right. Sorry, the whole slice of thing. <laughs> Good night, son. And he's just, Bart, just left like. <laughs> And so eventually, he, Rob sneaks a boy, ties down the Simpsons. And uh, one of the best Lisa lines because he comes in, like you say, to the boat to get Bart, <laughs> and he ties up all the Simpsons. And then Lisa looks out at Homer who's snoring and drooling, and she's like, "Oh my God, Dad's been drugged!" And Marge's like, "No, he hasn't. <laughs> no, no, he hasn't." Uh, and obviously. Bart, like, goes to show how just like how, e- how Bob really isn't the master criminal he thinks he is because he's easily distracted or persuaded by Bart because like yeah. Bart tries to like complain and goes that won't help you and he goes any last for Chris well one and then he he, he convinces him to his- he's like well you have such a lovely singing voice <laughs> you'll do I'm charged <laughs> and he asks him to do like the whole uh, little score of, like HMS Pinafore and he starts singing and. Then he- uh, Bart even joins in at one point, so I think he realised like Bob like has to be the same danger where he loves performance, so he exploits that. Yeah. And he does like the like, final song with the like, Union Jack playing and Bart's clapping and like I he got a playbill and everything <laughs> as well. <laughs> like, I before he sings, fine Bart, I'll send you to heaven. For I'll send you to hell. <laughs> and then uh, they crash into the rocks and the police are like, You're just you're really lucky you sailed by this brothel. I love I love you know how, like, in every Sideshow Bob-related episode, he's always got some great exclamation of, you know, frustration or anger? Yeah. And this episode is one of my favourites when he hits it, and he's like, Bye, Lucifer's beard! <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, so, so Bob gets taken away and everything. Uh then we get uh, episode. We get actually the very next season. Actually, the next four. It's actually back to back seasons. So yeah. it's a bit more regular at this point, uh, even with tears. So we have uh, Say Say Joe Bob Roberts season six episode That's five. That's episode two where he where he steals the mayoral election. Mm-hmm. Season six episode five November thirteenth, eighteen ninety four. Uh, 
What what month? November, nineteen eighty-four. I would have been ten then. Good for you. Yeah, I would have been ten. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so yeah, he become he phones into some uh, Republican conservative like talk show because in real life, Kilsharma is a Republican, but he's not one of the mad ones. No, as far is, as we know, he is just simply a Republican. Yes. Uh, and so I think they, they and a very brave man for being a celebrity and actually nothing so because nowadays if you're a Republican you are evil. Oh, also I think he takes a, a joke about the Democrats in the uh, episode in season the second episode where he gets taken away. Goes, you can't keep the Democrats out of the White House forever. And so when they are, I'll be back on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think they also want to take some shots at the Republican Party, like make some jokes about them, like and and the, the idea of elections in this yeah. in this show. So they uh, they thought, well, Kelsey's a Republican, let's use Sideshow Bob as an extension, because Sideshow Bob in a lot of ways shares a lot of characteristics with both Frasier, the Crane, the character, and Kelsey Graham himself, mm. particularly in this episode. No, I think the character of Frasier Crane is a, not a Republican. Uh, no, but I like... I think the character well, of well, Frasier Crane is a Democrat. Well, no, I'm saying they share similarities, but like the one... This is one that he shares with Kelsey Graham rather than Frasier, I'm just saying... Oh, that, yeah, yeah, talk yeah. Talk about yeah. just in general... He's a general mannerism, not just his political views. Ah, right, right. Anyway, as I was saying, as you were saying, as yes. I was saying yeah. so he phones in some like Republican talk show and everything, and uh, Homer's listening to it, and uh, he's like, something about this guy really speaks to me. So he's shoveling down donuts because the guy doing it, and he's shoveling down donuts. Like, uh, just makes me think, ah, nineties Alex Jones, nineties Alex Jones. Basically. You know, I've only caught one or two of his things. He's a he's a nut. Yep. Yes, he is. Talks a power of keeks, so he does. Yes, he does. But somehow there's a group of keeks out there who all follow him. So. Right, there's an audience for his keek. I know. It's very annoying. Anyhow, so and he's talking about uh, there are a few things, three things we'll never get rid of in Springfield. The bats in the public library. <laughs> Mrs. Can't remember her name's uh, Waste Stump. And she was a crazy old woman with a shotgun guarding this pile of trash and everything. And uh, she lied in my future. <laughs> he goes, and six-term uh, illiterate adulterer, Mayor, Mayor Quimby. Hey, I am no longer illiterate. <laughs> well, she's watering a weed plant. Yes. Uh, and so he's, like, he's talking about how we need to... He's like, he comes up... He becomes a representative of the Republican Party, obviously, because they want to get Quimby out, and uh, Bob phones in to, from jail and everything, mm. and uh, basically they put pressure on uh, on Quimby to let him out, so he gets a, ends up getting a pardon uh, and let out of jail so he can run for mayor. And, uh, I, I love it when he goes to the Republican meeting and he's like, and a fine mohawk to you all. And they're acting like there's some like, sinister like Illuminati, mean, like, got uh, Mr. Burns leading it, you got Rainer, Wolfca- Rainer Wolfcastle, uh, the fat guy who's who was uh was in the radio show yeah. kind of name. Uh and also that, that mad Texan guy that's always appearing. And Dracula. <laughs> yeah, and Dracula. So then I, I, I didn't mention him because you mentioned him because Welcome brothers. It's just a like dark meaning goes like if you open we need a candidate, strong, sense by the least, and more importantly we'll do what he's told. Because yeah. Marty, if you open that door you'll see the next mayor of Springfield. And it just shows a water killer. <laughs> <laughs> What did it say? No. Come on in, Bob. Ah, he's much better. I like the human touch. <laughs> also, I think the doctor is randomly there, the Dr. Hubert. Dr. Hubert? Hubert, yeah. He's a Republican. I know, he's randomly there. <laughs> oh. I know. Anyhow. Well, I think they've often teased as a darker side to him that has not really been delved into, but there we go. Well, there's that and the fact that the time he was going to the Rocky Horror Picture Show in his stockings as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anywho. 
Anywho, yeah. find my hook to you. <laughs> but it was the pressure for me to let him out and everything. Oh, also, you have the scene where Lisa comes in a part. Your arch nemesis is on the radio, and... Well, this is Dr. Demento. Ah! What's the thing? The, no, yeah. I mean your other arch enemy. Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob. Oh, God, I'm 10 years old and I already have two arch enemies. <laughs> but Bob is left, but then he runs uh, from Mayor and he's quite charming and everything, so and he's, whereas Quimby is quite incompetent, so also he's charming Volo over to his side mm. to make, see how much uh, Bar and Luther may try and like help get people on Quimby's side and everything. By Bart Young, hey, Fado, Fetzel, vote Quimby. Hey, you, vote Quimby. Mm. <laughs> and then, of course, it gets to the point where we're going to have a televised debate. Uh-huh. And Quimby's suffering for the flu. Mm-hmm. And Lee inadvertently give him a dose of super drowsy mm-hmm. flu medicine. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Yeah. And so we go into the debate. Mm-hmm. He's looking sweaty and shit and not like he's prepared or anything. Also, you got a. a so basically, uh, you got a version of a uh, Larry. Eric King, or oh, like yeah. CNN host, uh, on the show on uh, leading the debate goes, which is as presented to you by the League of Uninformed Voters. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, right, and there's also he's very sleepy and uh, uh, Bob makes a joke about a councilman called Les Les Whining, and uh, that grows makes Lisa suspicious. Like, there's no councilman Les Whining, yeah. and uh, part was funny though. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, uh, Side Joe ends up winning the election. You know, he charms the old voters by saying, uh, not only will I build your map luggage pressure, but I'll spend the next hour just listening to your boring stories. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Grandpa says, Wait first. Oh, uh, people know, I own the first radio in Springfield. Not much on the radio, man. Just, there's Dennison reading the alphabet. A, He'd he used say- to say, then B. See what usually followed. Just like the way you say, Hey! Also, I love the. Also, I love the. Love when people are voting for like Homer. Hmm, I don't approve of his bark killing policy. But I do approve of his Selma killing philosophy. (laughs) And eventually, one's like 100% to one. And remember, there is a 1% margin of error. (laughs) And, uh, uh, immediately. You see Bob doing his big evil, like, ha, 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 we ha. Now, we now turn to Mayor Bob Torilger for his victory speech. Also, I forgot to mention, I, I forgot which episode it's in, but it was in the last one, the Kate Fear one, who goes, he runs through the stream, goes, the, the street, the following citizens of Evergreen Terrace will not be killed by me. Mallard Fenders, Ned Fenders. Well, and that's where Homer Simpson... Mm-hmm. Lisa Simpson, my Simpson. That little baby Simpson. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> oh, Bart, did you hear? Oh, sorry. Right. I just like that. That little baby Simpson. That is all. <laughs> but then he, he, he says that he will, uh, he's trying to build them, especially over the house, which uh, are also blocking the, uh, the, blocking the, the construction of our Madlock Expressway. And then you see Grandpa and Jasper sitting with that on the unfinished thing going, move your damn house, boy. <laughs> like, you have 72 hours to make it, at which point we'll blow up your house and all remaining symptoms inside. <laughs> and uh, also Bart, yes, Bart is sent back to kindergarten and goes, what, can anyone say what this is? Triangle. Well done, Bart. You have a first pick of toys. Yay, I called Simpsons phone. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, he plays with it. He's like, oh, that would be me. <laughs> and uh, they start. So, and Lisa finds finds also evidence of voter fraud and like uh, dead people that were like whose names were put in the ballots. So yeah. Like, and oh, Bart's like, oh my god, the dead risen are voting Republican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing though, because of uh, of Smithers, and we uh, we nod to I think all the presidents spend the film about also the journalist uncovered Watergate. I think Woodward and Bernstein the uh, are the two journalists involved in that who Lisa mentions. So when they go, and yeah, but he goes like Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, but a bit. Yeah, I bet their dad wasn't sitting in the the car reading Archie comics. <laughs> and then the guy in the shadow like, I can't reveal you my identity, but I worked on, on the campaign. campaign. Then Homer beeps and tells all he's like, Hey Mr. Smellers Oh god well you might as well give me a lift home now. And uh, again for their hints to also say that Whalen is gay. I think they've. I think yeah. in later seasons they eventually openly said, Yes, he is gay. No, I just I like it when he's like, I I well some of Bob Mayor Bob's Policies didn't exactly mesh with my choice of lifestyle. Yeah. Well, his ultra conservative <laughs> policies seem to conflict with my choice, choice of, of lifestyle. lifestyle. <laughs> anyway, then they find it and it goes like, even the pet cemetery. Oh, God, not my beloved snowball. No! Now it's personal. I mean, he did try to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and then they reveal it and then they try and they, they play to his insecurities by saying, like, oh, this clearly wasn't you. You were clearly a political fan. You're not smart enough to pull it out. Like, yes, I am. Look, I have all the evidence. And no. he, pull- he pulls it out. He's like, look, lists and documents. I did it. Me. Now, he- if you'll excuse me, I have a city to run. Oh. Rest of Not good. Prison, not that. For all that stuff I did. <laughs> like, like, it's one of these a Machiavellian whack of art. <laughs> and then he talks to me like, you are like, your guilty conscience will make you vote liberal, but really you hold for... Strong hand of a conservative government. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, excuse me, I have a city to run. The rest of their men. Why? Oh, yes. All well, that stuff, stuff I, I did. <laughs> anyway, and then he, he shows him in a minimum security prison at the end. Yeah, where he goes yachting. Yes. Things. Uh, before we get to the actual set so there's one more episode, which is one, I've, one of the ones I've seen more of. Uh, the most because I had the season seven box set. Which from, one? Which one? Which well, that's one year because it's from season seven, uh, episode nine. Sideshow Bob's last gleaming, January twenty eighth, nineteen ninety six. Last gleaming. This is where Bob tries to get rid of television. Oh, that one. Yes, that's a great episode. It is a good episode. They, I mean, they find out where he's hiding a blimp because he's high, high. His voice went high, but because of the helium and the blimp, he's saying, "Ah, oh, blast you, helium." Shoo, 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 shoo. <laughs> 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 and so he blasted helium. Shoo, 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 shoo. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, I forgot to mention, speaking of television and, and uh, the, uh, the episode where Selma shows when he won a supporting actor Emmy or something like that, or in a kid's show or something like that, yeah. he wins it in uh, prison. There's one more, I think he sits across it, one more than you'll ever win, you would tell this heck. Just don't drop that thing in the shower, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Why you just un- unhand me? But it does you well to say he's sick of television, wants to go back to more civilised day. You know, the old art of conversation. Yeah, because we're we're watching tell. I can't exactly recall. I think they're like, he walks the in start on, of the episode. He's trying to make a, a model of a of, Westminster Abbey. Yes, and uh, people are laughing, causing them to break it, and it's watching. Crusty with his new psychic yeah, facial mail. He's just, uh, we're all in the TV room in the prison watching Crusty, mm-hmm. and uh, 
he's in his little room with his glasses on, mm-hmm. trying to make his little bottle Westminster Abbey, and he's just fixed the clock. He says, I just fix the clock. It's meantime. And then Lee Snigger, he twitches, mm-hmm. and he breaks it, and he goes, Ugh. And he's like, what is it? Must you sit idly at that infernal television? <laughs> and he's like, and then Snake's like, you used to be on this television, Bob. Oh, don't remind me. Right. He speaks he's fun of television, and uh, I didn't get this as a child, and now I know that the Australian guy that, that interrupts him is uh, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Or if I was like, hey, I own 60% of that network. <laughs> and he goes, oh, and he goes, now it's time for work to detail. Your old man goes, suppose you don't like tabloid newspapers either. <laughs> and they're setting up for an air show which Bob decides to hijack to try to do a nuclear bomb and everything. Yeah. And also when he appears on big, uh, big television to, to give his demands and everything, he goes, by the way, I realise the irony of me broadcasting this on television to warrant his demise, so don't bother pointing that out. Yeah. So yeah, he tries the bomb and then goes, and they, and they seem to give in eventually because they can't find him. And, uh, and Rusty, like, Rusty goes against us and uses the emergency broadcasts them and uh, mm. uh, so he was like, they're doing it. They're giving in because it's final and he's actually going to win. Like, damn, I should have made more demands. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he goes to use the Bob uses uh, Bart and Lisa. I goes, don't you see, Bob? That would be taking the easy way out. I agree. <laughs> and then he goes, best before 1959. Yeah, well, there was plenty of new bombs, but you just had to go for that vintage charm. <laughs> well, this is my arch nemesis, Bart Simpson. It's just Lisa. Ooh, not quite indifferent. <laughs> and uh, while he's tried by Bob, and while Bob is tried by Bart, he's always uh, on the side of Dublin uh, writing on the, uh, like, help. Sideshow Bob is in here. Bomb was dud. Yours, Lisa Simpson. Then love hearts. Uh, also, like, the, the Dublin earlier on, I think he sees free Duff, and then it goes like, and then people move away. Yeah. It's, it's at $6 off on alcohol free Duff, and he owes the guy $40, and he pretends to faint. Yeah, and then crawls away. Mm-hmm. I would too. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Bob fails exactly, but then tries to steal a plane. Uh, uses the you know, still on the Wright brothers' plane. He goes, "Oh, not the Wright brothers' plane. Smithsonian's, the Smithsonian's gonna have my ass for this." <laughs> <laughs> and then it moves like so slowly, like ah, oh, the old art of aviation. <laughs> They're both getting in your mouth too. Yes. <laughs> and he tries to fly his plane to where Chrissy's broadcasting and Chrissy does the dive out the window like you're dead dramatic. <laughs> that whole scene. Uh, like you say, he steals the plane. Mm-hmm. He's like, like, where are you going to go, Bob? And he's like, oh, I'm not planning on escaping. This is a kamikaze mission. <laughs> you and I are going to kill Krusty the Clown. <laughs> and then he'll fly it in and... He's like, without you, without... You can't kill Krusty. He he made you. Without him, you wouldn't be called Sancho. Die! But when Krusty, who is in the, the Springfield Badlands <laughs> with the emergency broadcast system, <laughs> putting out shit, <laughs> and then he's he's doing his thing, going, nah, 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 and he's like, "What the hell is that? A lawnmower?" <laughs> and he looks out and he sees the right ball is played coming. He's like, "Ah!" And then you you see him jump out the window. No. You see him go, ah, you see Sancho Bob die, Krusty, die. <laughs> and then he's jumped at the window and then the plane hits the side of the shack and just collapses because it's a shit little plane. Well, because it's moving so he jumps through the window dramatic and then has to make it up a slice of and go, what is the freaking hold? <laughs> What's the freaking hold up here? Also, 
Stop with that shit. He's been doing this. Hey, James Gretz, you can't be here today. She gets that battery of Scorpion. He goes, it's now this thingy and battery. Yeah, 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 yeah. They bite. Yeah, yeah, they bite. Yeah. And light. And bite and light and light. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah, it. He drops the Scorpion. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> President. Eisenhower. Let's get busy. <laughs> and so after he, he gets taken away. I get yeah again foiled but yeah. then we have season eight the episode we we were originally just kind of focused on but we're gonna to get to it now season eight episode sixteen May eighteenth nineteen ninety seven so well into Fraser is a established program mm-hmm. it's actually two episodes away two two a couple of weeks, two weeks later uh, the final episode of season four of Fraser would have aired. Oh. Which would have been the episode that ends with Frasier getting on that plane uh, to be impulsive at the end, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Frasier's a real hit, uh, a real hit at the moment. Yeah. So, it's, uh, like I said, May 18, 1997, uh, called Brother from Another Series. Which features Sideshow Ball's brother Cecil, voiced by, of course, David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, DHP. And David Hyde Pierce commented in every saying, like, usually I wouldn't go in for this kind of a role, but he said, uh, how often do I get to work with an actor like Kelsey Grammer and be his brother? Jokes in that jokingly, obviously, because yeah. they're in the midst of Frasier. And they said the design of uh, creators of Frasier, the creators of Simpsons have said the design of Cecil was to look similar enough to Sage of that they would be brothers, but also wanted to put in a couple of like David Hyde Pierce's like, features in there as well. Mm. You know, uh, and I think it just works so well, the idea of just bringing him in, because I don't think it would have worked with anybody else to play Sage of brother. Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so also this episode features uh, what Kelsey Grammer admits uh, in a later interview would would be his favorite line of dialogue he's ever said as uh, at Sage of Bob the Lively says, "Please, you don't spend ten years the homicidal maniac without learning a thing or two about but dynamite." dynamite. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in that particular episode is, you know, we're going to go through the episode obviously, but mm-hmm. near the end of it, yeah, the ones with Cecil, we're going to give a bit more detail, even though we've hit on the major points yeah. of the other, so we're going to go in a bit more detail. For but the about near the end, where he's like, oh. Oh, when it's one of my plans, you can't foil it fast enough. But when Cecil tries to kill you, oh, it's hopeless. Utterly, utterly hopeless. <laughs> but yeah, the start of the episode, it's uh, Krusty and, and doing a prison show, and it'll track basically like, being a parody of uh, the Blue House Rock. Yeah, like. Jailhouse Blues or something like that, or Jailhouse Rock. Uh, from Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, a gig <laughs> from Folsom Prison. Yes. Uh, so, and he, he's interviewing the uh, the prisoners and everything, and he goes, uh, Oh, look, my outside show, bar. what are you going to do? Well, after I finished from Aubrey, I got out, tried to kill Selma Bouvier. Rigged the mayoral election, held, and when I had... Held, held Springfield to ransom with a nuclear device, tried to uh, kill you again. And when I had a spare moment, tried to kill Bart, Bart Simpson. And Bart was always out, and he goes, ah, and he runs up the stairs, and uh, Homer, he said try. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marge is like, oh, somebody better go talk to him. When she doesn't move, and Homer doesn't move, and Lisa's like, I'll go. I think... He's like, phew, how America thinks she wanted him to go like, oh, all those stairs. stairs. They try to say like, oh, he's in a prison. Don't worry, tight show Bob's in prison, a minimum security prison, but he's locked up forever unless he gets out, which he's done before. But he won't, but he might. <laughs> so like, uh, like, you know, he's pure evil, you know. Hot Bart says he's pure evil. So I see Joe Bob singing in a church. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and remember, you could all learn from his shining example, which doesn't make him too popular amongst the prisoners. Reverend, your kind comments are going to get me beaten up. Uh, Reverend, your 
Kind of praise is going to get me beaten up. <laughs> but it's an, it's an interesting character up to you because weirdly Sideshow Bob is actually trying to better himself. Right, this is one of the few things he's being genuine about the idea of wanting to be better. Yeah. I think after you've been arrested so many things, think you think you would give up. I think even Sideshow Bob would give up at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's like, no, I'll, I'll be good. Uh, and so Reverend Dobbs already convinced that he's recommended Bob for the work release programme, which means he'd get out of prison and be allowed to go into actual employment again. Yeah. And he's like, oh, who will you find to employ? Someone like me. And uh, he goes, I already have. And he reveals it's his brother Cecil. Mm. Like, and he immediately, as soon as you hear David Ivey's voice, hello, brother. Right, hello, brother. <laughs> like, I haven't seen you since that old unpleasantness. You mean Arthur's Wake? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I fell out. Oh, that's all in the past. You know, I did have, have a problem trying to kill people. Jesus. Oh, really? I, I have... I, I had no idea. I've been living under a rock with my eyes closed and my fingers in my ears. On I my... know of your felonious past. <laughs> like, I've been living on Mars for the past decade. With my eyes shut and my e- fingers in my ears. No need for the sarcasm, says <laughs> You're like, I know of your felonious past. <laughs> I'm for a fresh start. <laughs> yeah. Come work for me. And blood is thicker than water. Like you said, bread and water. Yeah, blood is thicker than bread and water. <laughs> Wine. And then he's like, he's like, this one or this one? He's like, oh, oh you remember him. Also, he gets let out of prison. Oh, yeah. And, and people are prudent. Also, not only part in that because of he tried to kill him, but also he's, he's threatened to take away television because he's got a bomb and also he rigged the mayoral election. So. Everybody else in Springfield's got a reason to hate him, so people are protesting, and the, and the mayor of Cumberland goes, he gave us his reasons for trying to kill us all, and I assure you they were perfectly reasonable. <laughs> and uh, he begs for a like, is this not America? Do I not deserve another chance? Probably. And as I stated when we were watching it, I noticed the person who had the sign that said, criminals, yes, crime, no. Mm-hmm. No, crime, yes, criminals, no. Yeah, and he makes it, and then Walt uh, and Bart says to Wiggum and uh, going to be like, and you see, he's pulling it. Well, you're right. It's pure evil, can't you? Well, if only you knew what he was thinking. Shows him pulling off with Cecil. So he looks like he's got a sinister grin on his face. Now. Like, I wonder if we still make that shampoo. I like. <laughs> and then one of my favorite parts of this episode is where uh, it comes up. The title comes up on uh, the screen, much right. like a Fraser episode. Because right, uh, Fraser is a hit show on the NBC network. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when they pull into, they go into Cecil's apartment. They're talking about the wine that they've got there. Uh, it actually does play it like a scene from Fraser. Oh, totally. Uh, actually, hold on. I've got a, I've got a wee transcript of the episode here. I'm oh, going to get the yeah. the wine right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Press a glass of Bordeaux. I have the eighty-two Chateau Latour, and a rather different Vizou Chagat. I've been in prison, Cecil. I have as long as it doesn't taste like orange drink fermented under a radiator. That would be the Latour, then. <laughs> <laughs> also, Bart tries to, uh, to obey the prayer of God to kill Sajjo. Well, like, no, Bart, it's him or me, oh Lord. No, you can't ask God to kill people. He's like, and then Homer's like, yeah, you do your own dirty work. <laughs> and uh, she was a meeting down at, at, at Cecil's apartment with. I suppose I should ask what you do if I'm going to be working with you. For, for me, me, Bob. For me. I am Springfield Chief, Chief Hydro, Hydrological and Hydro... Hyd, eh, fucking hell. Would you like me to try? You go ahead. Fine, why not? Fuck it, I'll keep this in then. Okay. 
I am Springfield's chief hydrological and hydrodynamical engineer. Hydro, hydrological, hydrodynamic. Talk about running the game. Snicker all you like, Bob. Thank you. I believe I shall. <laughs> but you'll find one gets more respect as a humble civil servant than a homicidal maniac or a clown sidekick. Aha! I knew it! You're still mad me that Krusty picked me instead of you. I can't imagine what you mean. Oh, come on. Now. You wanted to be Krusty's sidekick since you were five. <laughs> What well, about the buffoon lessons that four years at Clown College? I think you don't refer to Princeton that way. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, you obviously still blame me for what happened at your audition. Yeah. And it cuts their flashback and says to look sad, and he shows them, like, undressed the clown at the audition for, and Bob all in a suit and bowler hat. He goes, Thank you for driving me to the audition, big brother. These might novelty clown mitts are extremely hilarious, but do make difficult to shift gears. That's the title of Emma Bombeck's latest, isn't it? Now we're there, seven here up next. And comes in and he's. And he'll see that uh, Cecil is very bad at what he does. Like, I'm sorry, Joe, Cecil. Bob, Bob is very dapper. Mm-hmm. I'd prepare to fire in the face. Think. Hack yourself out, kid. Bye. <laughs> Let me give you some advice, kid. It only works if the guy getting pied has some certain head of dignity. Like that guy. Hey, hell. Pie job from Lord Autumn Bottom Lair. <laughs> and then he, Bob gets set, and then he's, his hair springs out and, and everything. And then I'll laugh and go, that guy's a genius. He's going to change the way we think about getting hit by pies. John Lee, you're hired. <laughs> and that pie hit your face. I saw my jeans explode in a burst of cream and crust. But I suppose I should thank you. I'd rather lend me to my true calling. Cecil, no civilization in history has ever considered chief hydrological engineer a calling. Yes, yes, the Cappadocians, fine. <laughs> and then also they, they, they go to the dam he's showing him there. This is the future site of Springfield's hydrological dam. Just thought of all that raw starting power. Makes me wonder why the hell I should care. <laughs> well, because you will be surprised in the construction group. Ah, yes. Whenever a woman passes, I suppose it's my job to lead the hooting. Oh, yay. Shake it, madam. Capital knockers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bob, it's the last chance you have to show people Springfield you can hold on an honest job. So that you've changed. That shows Bart spying on well with Mellows. He's planning something evil, I know it. Gotta do the town water supply. Maybe and, he's gonna pee in the water. Nah, that's not his style. And then, sees your spot, goes, oh, look, that's Bart Simpson. Hello, Bart. Bart. And then Bart hides and he's like, he's just shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. <laughs> and this way he says, ah. <laughs> and then he shows them out on a date with Edna, Crowbell, uh, Bart's teacher, and everything. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Bart ruins everything. And he goes, "Well, this is the last time I I announce my my, oh. my dinner plans in class." Goes and and he, he just goes, yeah. that, "That was Edna Crowbell. You only get one chance, Edna Crowbell." I just like, but you know, like, uh, she's like, he's saying earlier, he's like, you know, I haven't been on a date in six years. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she's like, oh, the pleasure's mine, Bob. It's so exciting to be dating a killer. To be fair, I never successfully killed anyone. And, and she's like, like oh, uh, I see. I did once try to kill the world's greatest lover, but then I realised that there are laws against suicide. A very, very Fraser line. Yeah. And also, he's annoyed at Bart for really thing. I won't be happy until I find out what you're up to. Wherever you go, I'll be watching. Wait, it's so and so. Chief, I in the next book. He's like, he says that, but he'll give up pretty quickly. <laughs> and uh, and Cecil's like, hello, brother. All's well, I trust. Well, most certainly not. The workman you give me to another acid from the hole, and I only blew up yesterday. 
Come on now, you speak as if there were a gaggle of slack-jawed jerkles. <laughs> and then comes Cuthbert of Turrell and Jerkles. Come quick, there's trouble down at the cement maker, sir. <laughs> and Cousin Merle was playing with his dog and uh, like, got covering some men. He's like, see, Cousin Merle and I were playing fetch with Geech. That's her old smell hound. Geech gone to him. Mr. Terwilliger. Cousin no, Mel, really? Now, now, you know Cousin Mel ain't been quite right lately. I'm telling you, Cecil, I can't take much more of this. <laughs> Rustic women who have turned the Senage on into a smokehouse, cover holes that don't quite cover all. This is the guy And a psychotic little boy who will not stop hounding me. This little boy right here. It's just Bart, some, Bart hiding in a wee pipe thing. Uh, like, Sometimes I wish this dam would burst and bury this cursed town. <laughs> and then Bart and Lisa are... Uh, out looking for Evans in Bart's trash like he's like hey you told me you were, we were going to Terry Queen I lied now help me rummage through Bob's trash for clues and then I promise we'll go to the water side okay and then Bart yeah. uh, uh, Bob catches him you again he's like I'm going to do what I should have done a long time ago and then you see you hear the Simpsons door knocking and it, we open it and it's Bob with Bart and Lisa with a scruff of the neck he's like madam your children are no more and a pair of ill-bred troublemakers. Lisa, too. Especially Lisa, but especially <laughs> Bart. If he crosses me one more time, just once more, well, I can't be held responsible for my actions. <laughs> well, I hope Bob fed you, because I ate your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this period of time, like, a lot of people see the first eight or nine seasons, some people see the first 12, but this is really... Peak Simpsons oh, still at this definite point. Definite Peak Simpsons. I don't. I, I don't believe you could use the term Peak and Simpsons in the same sentence anymore. No, no anymore. Well, the, sto- the, the steady, slow death and decline of the Simpsons, shall we say? Uh-huh. But, uh, so Lisa tries to say, like, "Oh, I know, maybe a heart accident, but no, Bob has changed." And he's like, "No, he has, and he's still more evil than ever." And like, and now I know where the evidence is—the only place it could possibly be. And it's like Bob's trailer, the construction site. That's even better. Let's go there. What were you thinking? The haunted mine. <laughs> and then they go through and they're looking for evidence and he's office like, mm, blueprints, concrete invoices, construction schedules. Tend to know any better, I swear Bob was building it there. Oh yeah, they explain the news full this big briefcase full of money. Like there must be a million dollars in there and then hey, the door's locked, so and Sage will try again, like, who's in here? Cletus? Cousin Mo? Big hungry Joe. And she sees the you know, Bart's face behind the wall, who like I think he may have spotted us. Then Lisa's like, run, and he's like, you too, be careful, there's hydroelectricity in there. And they, they follow him into uh, another part of the dam and everything, like, what is, why can't you come tormenting me? I've done nothing wrong. Give it up, Bob, we found the money. Where did that come from? I've never seen that money in my life. Well, you must have had your eyes out when you embezzled it. I told you, I'm not a criminal anymore. You want to know what I've been up to? Here's a clue for you, Jack. 100,000 tons of reinforced concrete. And, he and then he bangs, he, he bangs on the wall and the wall collapses on him. And he's like, my God, it's completely hollow. What happened to all the concrete? Oh, you kill cut back on building material and kept money for yourself. That's what happened. Get him, Lisa. <laughs> and then Lisa runs at him and he just stops on the hods him. But at the same time, he's going, hmm. And you he's know, like, oh, it's like, like scrappy dude. Like, let me at him, let me at him. But I wasn't in charge of the money. Cecil was. Now let's stop bickering and get out of here. This dam could collapse at any minute. Uh, Cecil comes in here. One minute past sunrise, to be precise. Cecil! He's got a gun and uh, he goes one side of the dam. There'll be no evidence of the missing concrete. Now I walk away with 15 million. And then 
But everyone will know you did this. Perhaps I'll pass up by in the master criminal. You know, the one who's been working at the dam and has a grudge against Springfield. I know Cousin Merle has had his troubles with the revenuers, but he's hardly a master. Oh, you're referring to me. Yes, I'm framing you. And doing, and doing a really excellent job, too. Wait a minute. This is all because I got to be Krusty's sidekick instead of you, isn't it? The record? Yes. But officially, I did it for the money. Speaking of which, hand it over. Oh. And he, le- he leaves and goes, Oh, I forgot to mention, I plan to blow up the dam with you inside. Well, obviously. <laughs> and then we get to the ballets. You said, that, Oh, it's helpless. Utterly helpless. Oh, I see. When it's one of my schemes, you can't foil it fast enough. But when Cecil tries to kill you, it's hopeless. Utterly, utterly hopeless. Well, if you kids aren't going to foil them, I'll have to do it myself. Come on, quickly now. <laughs> and then he feigns away and he goes, Bart, once I'm not trying to kill you. I know it's awkward and I don't like it any more than you, but you've got to trust me. And Bart's like, ah, oh, what the hell? And they both go down the starlight and they both just scream the whole time. And Bart goes, let's go again. <laughs> no. I'm doing it. You're a thought, my brother. And there you go, a uh, Cecil set up his time while thinking he's on. I'm on top of the world. Yeah, and then here comes the line as I mentioned. Uh, yeah, you're one of your lines. You like in free, uh, Kelsey Grammer's favorite line. Yeah, he's like when they're gonna, he and Lisa are gonna cut the dime. Like, are you sure you know what you're doing, Lisa? You didn't spend ten years a homotomania without learning a few things about diamond. You know, Cecil like plunger check, hard hat check, fifteen million dollars and a gun check, mate. Goodbye, Bob. And Bart does it now and covers his eyes. Guess who? And uh, David Hyde Pierce, I'm wondering if he was the one to put this line in or if Sam Simon said, but he's like, Guess who? Maris? Maris? <laughs> <laughs> and then we start wrestling and the money goes over the side of the cliff and he's like, Oh, shoot. <laughs> and then he breaks him and goes, Last I'm going to do what Bob never could. Kill Bart Simpson. By throwing me off a dam? Isn't that a little crude for a genius like you? Hmm, I suppose it is. Huh, if anyone asks, I'll lie. <laughs> and he actually just throws him and uh, Bob has used the day, mate, he'll swing in and save him and everything. Yeah. Uh, he's like, and now to kill you. There may be a slight ringing in your ears. Fortunately, you'll be nowhere near them. I <laughs> guess this is it. That's uh, Barrow's saying that. And, yeah. and Bob's was like, I could cut the wire. We'd fall to our death, but we'd save the entire town. Bart, how would you like to do something incredibly noble? Do we have to... Yes, Nico. Ah, uh, your stuff. Ah, uh, <laughs> and your Bob lands right on his nuts, right on his balls, yeah. right on his little <laughs> co-willigers, <laughs> and uh, right, right on his frankenbeans. Yes, and he spins around. He spins around, and Bart helps pull him on. He says to you, "You saved my life, Bart." Uh, yeah, guess that means you can't ever try to kill me again, huh? Oh, I don't know about that. Joking, joking. <laughs> and also the, uh, he says to Cecil, you brought shame to our family, Cecil. Oh, oh, I don't relish having to write the Christmas letter this year. Nor I, I to read it. <laughs> anyway, no, Bob, all the time I thought we were a bungler. Destroying this today, it's been far tougher than I thought. And then they arrested him and goes, and I don't I always feel bad for Bob. Oh, and, totally. and, and Bart's a dick for not speaking up as well. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's like, here's your man, Chief. Cecil, I think now. This seems like the work of crazy old sideshow Bob. No, Chief, Bob's innocent. This is the truth. The truth, huh? That sounds like testimony of crazy old Lisa Sin. But Cecil fell into your confess, Chief. It's a good work, Lou. It makes Sergeant for this. Uh, I already am Sergeant, Chief. As you are. I say Bob goes back to jail. But, Jolly, I mean, I got Cecil. 
Hey, so Lou here says you were cut, you were resisting arrest. No, I didn't, Chief. Quiet, Lou. It'll burst you, bust you down the sergeant so fast it'll make your head spin. Then Bart's like, "Wow, those people down there—they have no idea how, how quickly they, how close they came to certain destruction." And then the dial actually collapses anyway. Yeah, I'm good. And then Hood comes home and goes, "Bart, I'm killed for the kids." And then she's walking out and runs back in, and one of the funniest we sidelines in it is uh, Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> Sitting in his bed after the thing, he's like, I think I wet my bed. <laughs> and then and then you get Bob with the best line, he's like, But you can't do this, I saved the children's lives, I'm a hero. And then just like, tell him to live to regret this. You'll live to regret this. Oh, thanks a lot. Now I look crazy. <laughs> and then she would go, there they go, two criminal genes that locked away again. Who knows what diabolical scheme they might kinker. It shows them both going to prison cell fighting over the top. But I'm like, oh, I'm the older, I get the top. But... Oh, Bobacop, I called it an arraignment. Get back. And then eventually Bob gets it. And uh, so brush himself off goes, so, when they bring us the menus? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that episode. That's, a, again, a solid episode. Not just because it has David A. Pierce in it, but just in general the way it's written and everything. Even though the ending can be, I do find the ending a bit annoying with how... Bob is just sent back to prison, and yeah, you know, like other than Lisa, nobody sticks up for him. Lisa doesn't try hard enough. Yeah, no. You know, see for the amount of effort they do, we dicks put into usually getting yeah. him in trouble. Yeah. You'd think they would put the effort into fucking get him out. I know. We done it for Krusty in the first episode. I know. You pricks. I know. Children. They wonder he wants to kill him. <laughs> I know. This is probably why he goes back to trying to kill them when, he, when we see him again. But uh, also, I won't be able to get a transcript of the the other episodes. Tells us yeah. not that I want to, but I'm having internet issues here for some reason. That was fun. It was almost like reading a script. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a script. That's what a transcript is. It's basically the script of the episode. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. But then that would be the last appearance of Bob for like, four seasons. Because wow. he wouldn't appear again until season 12, episode 13, Day of the Chucking Apes, hmm. 22nd of April, 2001. Wow. Yeah. I suppose he was doing other things, you know, and also Fraser was still becoming a hit, obviously, winning many awards uh, at the time. Many Emmys. Many Emmys, yes. <laughs> Which one more than Krusty will ever win. <laughs> but in this episode, uh, in this episode, it's actually, it's actually, I think, the closest Bob actually does come to really getting what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, it's he himself that stops, him, stops it happening because he realises that uh, Rusty says he's going to retire because uh, there's a funny bit at the start with the uh, network, ex- network executives yeah. well, how about this? Or how about we change it to this or this? And I think by this point, obviously, they probably had their first year of people getting involved or just as times were changing, there were people also trying to get shows. Oh, why if you did this to fit this market and everything? Mm. So it was... A, this is season twelve, so they're still good to do. We're still able to have a make comments on stuff going on in like popular culture or you know, do social yeah. commentary without it feeling as forced. It would it was in later seasons. There's even a wee joke also about shoot long one shows becoming repetitive when uh, they're sitting at the dinner table talking about Chrissy retirement. And Mark goes, "I think it's good for a show to go off the air before it becomes repetitive." Mm. And uh, and Gunther Burns goes, "Maggie shot Mister Burns again." Yeah. Everyone's awkward now. Bugger. I was going to say, what a weird line to throw in there, given that they're going into, what, 30 nearly seasons now. Like, just let it die. I know it somehow makes you money, but, like, nobody cares about it as much. The Simpsons now, and this is sad, it's been bad longer than it was good. Yeah. 
been bad as long as it was good. And being satirised in South Park or conjoined with Family Guy didn't help it neither. <laughs> well, it's a wee fun Family Guy bit uh, to come, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, so, usually Bob is annoyed when uh, he hears an interview with Christy uh, talking about his career and everything. Uh, the joke that he's but later on in his big retirement, he goes, now, retiring for the fifth and final time. time. <laughs> but uh, he talks about how he taped over Bob's episodes. Bob's old episodes, and he's angry about that. He's angry because he's erased his work, erased his history. <laughs> yes. And so, vows revenge against uh, Instrusty, and he uses Bart to get that. Yeah. Where he works his way into a job doing school announcements, and he goes, Bart's to go unaccompanied to the old tool shit of the four. four or the courtyard. <laughs> See ya, sir. <laughs> and uh, eventually, while he's there, he hypnotises Bart. I, I love that scene. <laughs> because at first, he goes to hypnotise him and he's like, got him tied to a chair and he's like, watch the shiny quarter bar. <laughs> and and then he, he drops. drops it and he's like, oh, damn, I needed that quarter of a laundry. <laughs> and he picks up a dartboard and he starts spinning around like, follow it, you are under my command. So basically he uses him as his sleeper agent yeah. where when he says a particular phrase or when Chris says a particular phrase, Bart will go and uh, will kill him for him. Mm. And uh, he starts treating him. He like, even has him like, he has him attack a like, plastic crusty that is outside a crusty where you're like, now kill your enemy, kill Krusty. Ah! Uh, he just brutally beating the statue in a crotch. And uh, <laughs> the police are like, hey chief, mind look at that side. And you're bowing, yes, kill him, kill Krusty, like you will tomorrow night. Ah, mm. uh, look at that. A kid using a wooden bat. Nowadays, it's all aluminum this, aluminum mm. that. <laughs> uh, and so, I was like, it looks like everything's going well, and uh, Bart's all under his spell and everything. And uh, eventually, right before Bart, he's, the phrase that he's triggered is, uh, I've never had such a great audience. Mm. And uh, he goes and he gets up. Uh, also, there's a bit again. You see one of Chrissy's flaws where he get, Dr. Herbert comes. It looks like they're trying to they're ready to go. Oh, all the charity work he does. Like, ah, please, you're embarrassing. He goes, three years ago, Chrissy promised to write a check for these six children. He, and it's been three years and we haven't seen that check. <laughs> and he goes, if my and he writes, he goes, if my banker is watching, there's nothing that should stop you from cashing this check. Uh, uh, stop. Was payment. Yeah. And then I was like, this is a good way. He says sorry to Bob. He goes, wherever you are out there, I'm sorry. And he does all podging. And uh, uh, Bob's like, oh. And he tries to stop him. And then it ends up being uh, Krusty's monkey that stops him. He's got this like plastic explosives. And he goes into a room of TV executives. The monkey looks in the room and he like shrugs and throws it in. Yeah, he just fuck, fuck it. It's only them. And the two, two of the uh, they get come back together like the fucking T one thousand from Terminator, and he goes, "We have fast." Uh, <laughs> He's like, "Am I get hurt? No, just some network executives." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Bob had the chance to obviously, obviously, kill, finally kill Chrissy and maybe kill Bart at the same time because also the explosive that was attached yeah. to him. But Wait, it is odd with Bob at times, though. Mm-hmm. You know, because at times he can seem so psycho, and then at other times he can seem very sweet mm-hmm. and caring. Uh-huh. And then uh, Bob would come back in, he would, uh, he would see them in a diner together, and they're all like, hey, Bob, so it's all good. Every time you try to kill me, my ratings go up. It's a shame they're giving you the death penalty. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, obviously he doesn't die because he's locked up like Hannibal Lecter in the next episode we see because somebody's trying to kill Omer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, episode uh, season 14, episode 6, The Great Louse Detective. Yep. January 13th, 2003. That is the one with Frank Grimes' son. Yes. <laughs> like, Frank Grimes wasn't married. He couldn't have a son. He was very fond of prostitutes, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, there are three people. I think that actually comes at the end of season 8 or maybe season 9. A lot of people, there are quite a few of you hardcore Simpsons fans that say that that was the last truly great episode and it was after that that the season the really... Frank Grimes episode? Yes. Yeah. And there's... There's also, I've watched this video with somebody properly diving into the episode and now the, the change in American ideology from hard work to basically idiots just sailing by and yeah, uh, Gazeria, uh, who did a lot of the Simpsons roles, voiced that character Frank Grange, I think he did his son as well Gazeria uh, also did roles such as Apu and uh, Chief Wiggum mm. I never knew he did Wiggum Yeah he also was the first voice of Venom in the in Spider Man the nineties cartoon show. Was he? Yes. That's cool. First ever uh, a depiction of what Venom sounds like was him. I love that. I, I love Hank Azaria too. Yes, do I. I love I love him just as an actor. <laughs> you know, we talk about where eclectic escapades. Mm-hmm. He was he was in Friends. Yes. He played Phoebe's boyfriend for a time. Mm. And also He's, a, he's in one of my absolute favourite Robin Williams films. Uh, oh, The Birdcage. The Birdcage. He's like, wait, ah, sir, I do not wear shoes because they make me fall down. Yeah. He's like, you can cook. Your father seems to think so. One of the first episodes, things I've seen him in was a film called Run Fat by Run, which has got Simon Pegg in it. I've not seen that film, but I've only not seen it because I've heard it's shit. I think it's quite funny. Yeah. So I say Pegg and He's like, uh, he, well, I think he's there, plays the new boyfriend of uh, Simon Pegg's ex, who he's got a kid with, and uh, obviously, Simon Pegg's this typical guy, he always gives up on shit. Yeah. It's got Dylan Moran in it. Isn't isn't David Schwimmer in that as well? No, David Schwimmer directs it. Oh, he does he now? He directs it, yeah, he directs a bunch of things since Friends, he's, that's what he mainly does now, directing and shit. Who knew that Ross would be a director? I thought <laughs> he was a paleontologist. <laughs> but yeah, he directs it. Uh I remember there was a Jonathan Ross interview with the two of them and, uh, and Jonathan goes, well obviously Simon you're familiar with his work because who hasn't seen Friends and Simon Pegg goes, that's where I know you from the whole time we were filming I couldn't place you <laughs> uh, basically it was leading up to, to basically Jonathan Ross asking David Swimmer if he'd seen any of the stuff that Simon had been in with for that point had he? I don't know, I can't remember but also he probably would have because Shaun of the Dead at least of the Cornell Trials would have yeah. came out this would have been like mid-2000s I, I like to think that David Swimmer is a fun guy because do you remember that, that thing of year or so back when that guy got caught stealing a case of beer at a shop and he looked identical to David Schwimmer so much so that it blew up on social media and then David Schwimmer went into a shop and did a, a picture of his cell uh-huh. looking like the guy uh-huh. that stole the cans <laughs> the, the point of the thing is like so uh, Simon Pegg in that film he was like he, he was like I think Azaria plays this big American, like, set in England, but he's, he's still an American, but it's like, hey, look at me, I'm all flash, I do all this great shit. Yeah. And then, no, he's also Simon Pegg, and he runs marathons in it. So Simon Pegg decides, fuck it, I'm running a marathon, I'll show you I can actually finish something. But obviously he's very unfit, so he's best pal played by Dylan Moore from Black Books, decides to quit. <laughs> also, he's got his landlord in, who's an Indian fella, who plays the assistant coach, goes, what are you going to do? Every time you stop, I hit you with the spatula. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, Delamorn puts Barry on and goes, uh, you have to win. Why? Because Delamorn's guy keeps getting these really sketchy people away gambling. Yeah. Goes, I basically bet them every penny I have that uh, that you'd win. What, you bet that I'd win? Well, I'm hardly going to bet against you. You're my best friend. <laughs> so different to his character in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I thought you were going to say in Black Book, but I forgot he was in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, he? remember he was a prick in that. Yes. <laughs> he was David. You, you said my friends were a, prick, were a prick and a failed actress. That's not true. I never called her a failed actress. Twat. Yeah, a twat and a failed actress. I never called Diane a, fa- a failed actress. <laughs> it's got one of my favourite lines of that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's your nine lives up, Sean. Get fucked, four eyes. How do you go out there, you love someone? <laughs> I love that fucking line. Hey, uh, we've gotten distracted here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Fucked four eyes. Uh, you know you love her so much. But they, they they get Bob to uh, basically get inside of the mind of a criminal because he is a criminal to help find to uh, Homer's assailant. As obviously it's Frank and Joe. They run down these names: Frank Grimes, former President George Bush, Bush. the country of Japan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Burns. Uh, and although they, when they reveal when they reveal him as the guy they're going to use, and they go, Ah, sideshow Bob, kids, please, we've been so so much. Please call me Bob. Okay. Ah, oh, Bob! <laughs> and eventually it was revealed to be maybe Frank Grimes Jr. and everything. Uh, also, 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 take me through a typical day in your life. I will shadow you and the killer will reveal himself. And uh, so both handling, this is a typical day for you. I just wanted to impress you. That's <laughs> all of how they joke about how Lisa all the time is, is the one that solves everything. Yeah. So... You have her come in, like, just to reveal Grant Grimes, like, Dad, I figured out who's trying to kill you. Yeah, we got it. Frank Grimes Jr. Huh? And she looks down at our paper and she says, Bumblebee Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured that out too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was nice if you call that to bring in uh, Frank Grimes Jr. and everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of one of the more, yeah, okay. I never, knew what, of... I never knew what people thought that was the last good episode of <laughs> The Simpsons. Yeah. But you have... At the end of it, Bob does try and kill Bart again, but he's like, I can't do it. I've grown accustomed to your face. And he starts singing a song about it, and then Bart tries to join in, and he takes the tape off him. You've grown a kill. This is not a duet. Sorry. Yeah. And he puts the tape back on his mouth. And then he, he buggers off. And we don't see him again until the fix him in season 17, episode 6, aired January 15th, 2006. Uh. The Italian Bob. Ah. I remember I was still occasionally watching episodes and I hadn't realised the quality change. Mainly because it aired inconsistently when I watched it. I'd watch yeah. Sometimes it aired old episodes, sometimes newer episodes would air. But I just watched it because I enjoyed The Simpsons. Yeah. And lots uh, of people, and that is the right term you use, lots of people did enjoy The Simpsons. Yeah. I, I remember I was at my granddad's, a bunch of people were there, and I was, <laughs> Simpsons was just on, and I was watching it. And so seeing Sage of Bob just randomly pop up, I was like, oh, well, like, oh, because I always liked it when Bob popped up. Yeah. Basically, they they go to Italy to get a car from Mister Burns. Yeah, uh, drive it back so he can save money on taxes or anything for the shipping, and uh, it ends up getting damaged, and so they take it to a small Italian town, uh, and they go like they try to find someone speaking English. Let's say the mayor speaks English, and the mayor just so happens to be Sideshow Bob. Bob, yeah, who gained acceptance from the town after he his big feet was able to help. The great harvest to create to make so much wine, and yeah. he's, he sings a very he sings these feet are made for stomping while he's doing it, <laughs> and uh, he's got a wife, he's got a, a son who's got his wee hair, like Bart yeah. Simpson. This is the one who Roberto 
name yells out in the middle of the night when he has the bad dreams. Gilbert! Gilbert! <laughs> and basically he tries to keep his, uh, to convince the Simpson to keep his, uh, like, secret life, yeah. his criminal past, like, secret, and he'll help them. And it seems to go well until... Lisa like, gets drunk. Lisa gets drunk, he's like, oh, you know, they give, they give kids wine, and they're like, and she asks him, revealed his past, and everything goes... And uh, the, the police in the village look through this most wanted thing, right? And uh, you can show the picture of Peter Griffin, says, play Jerusalem. And then it shows Dan Smith from America, play Jerusalem, or play Jerusalem. <laughs> and then it shows, um, and uh, it's like, you are pursuing to our small mafia run town. <laughs> and they'll say, so Bob snaps, and rightfully so, goes after the, the, the Simpsons again. And uh, eventually his wife and son join in and want to help see him like, succeed, which brings us, which actually falls nicely into the episode that brings back David Aguirre's, which is Funeral for a Fiend, season 19, episode 8, November 15th, 2007. So Frazier has been done for a few years by this point. Yeah. But you know, Chris Grammer is about, Chris Grammer would just have played Beast in the X-Men film, so there you Yeah, go. that's the best incarnation of Beast. <laughs> Not that dickhead that was in New Class or whatever the fuck, First Class. First Class. Fuck all. It wasn't he fucking Kelsey Grammer, so fuck him. <laughs> Well, because we are has a cameo in one of the new films where they've changed the timeline so a bunch of people from the original films are still alive and he just walks by, Wolverine goes, oh, hello, Logan. Yeah. Just all, he's done up in his beard, yeah. up in his, his makeup and everything just for that one line. Oh, morning, Logan. And he's buggers off past them. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, basically, Sancho Bob seems to hack. The first five minutes of this episode, by the way, are painfully unfunny because it's just yeah. about Marge and Ativo and it just reminds me of why I don't watch Sims anymore and why I've get why a lot of people have given up on it. Like Marge and feeling shame about no no watching the advertising and shit like that. And, and like some of the references or like the jokes that they make or re referenced what references they make are just so they seem lazy they get lazier as the show goes on and yeah. painfully unfunny. Uh, and so deciding to watch uh the commercials, they happen upon a commercial for a steakhouse which is really just an elaborate ruse by Sideshow Bob. Yeah. And it's like this steakhouse it does ribs, it does tofu, it does noodles, and a noodles very, with butter. And a very easy to easy to find uh, maize map or whatever. And that yeah, just those. Yeah. yeah. And so they go and uh, they're like, huh, there's nobody out here. More ribs for me. There's no tables or chairs. More ribs for me. There's no equipment or food here. More ribs for, for me. me. And they soon realise that it's Sideshow Bob and everything. And they, yeah, Sideshow Bob needs to sky his birthday, and Homer's like, finally, it's on service. Now listen, when I sit under a cold state licence plate, Michigan or better, bounce. And they go to stumble upon my indignant strap. And he drops off of the axe, and they using the commercial. Goes, like, the commercial was a trick. Yes, perfectly designed. Oh, your family here. West Dubiners, world-famous family-style rib hats. Is an anagram that spells Welcome to Sideshow Bob's World Famous Family Style Return. Ah, Sideshow Bob! Then <laughs> <laughs> he ties my chairs and everything. And he goes, Next time a commercial comes on, I'm just going to close my eyes, cover my ears, and scream as loud as I can. <laughs> yes, we're all going to die just because you watched the commercial. <laughs> I'd like to know what West Dubiner is aware of. I'd like to know if West Dubiner is aware of what you've done to his restaurant. I- I'm West Dubiner. Oh, Mr. Do I have a complaint. I work hard and why I take my family. I expect a certain. Shut level. up! <laughs> oh, great. Here comes the boring things you've done since you last killed us. 
you ever ask us what we've been up to? We went to the strawberry patch and I picked the most strawberries. Shut up! So I've not my tail. I brought some visual aids. And he starts going through a slideshow. It's called me Slideshow Bob. Nobody do it. <laughs> oh, here I see Crossley helping you escape my tattoos in room. That's my family and I flew to England where I found work as a chimney rush. Here's Buckingham Palace and he's going through. Oh, sorry, sorry, there's a lot of these. <laughs> Bear with me. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing this. is going to. I never stopped plotting my event. I snuck in America amidst a bunch of undocumented Canadian writers for the Jimmy Kimmel show. Whatever that is. <laughs> in a matter of time, for a matter of constructing my trip, I'm producing a commercial that leads you to your doom. Which, by the way, got me an offer to direct a feature. Which one? The Hills Have Eyes 3. The Hills Still Have Eyes. <laughs> now the moment we've all been waiting for. Finally, the ribs. <laughs> no, he said, I'll die in a tragic accident with his laptop. Effective laptop battery will overheat and then explode, setting off TNT. <laughs> and it is not tear, as Shakespeare said, if, I, if we're done, if it were done, when it's done, do our best to be done quickly. And he puts the hair on and basically then, uh, and uh, the wee, the wee paper clip is like, Looks like you're trying to blow up the computer. Mind if I hug my kids? <laughs> and then they, they, Lisa starts correcting correctly. Goes, Macbeth, Act One, Scene Seven. Look at her. It comes back in. I shall. Oh, come on, Wikipedia. Load one wieldy behemoth. <laughs> Would you, next time something doesn't load for you, do try that. It'll probably make you feel better about the situation. Oh, come on, computer. Load one wieldy behemoth. That's what you're gonna do, isn't it? Yep. Are you going to put on Kelsey's voice? Yes. Of course. yes. Well, it doesn't work without the voice. No, no. And then because the laptop explodes, uh, because Sideshow Bob hosted, hosted, host on his own patrol. Hoisted. Hoisted on his own patrol. And then uh, Lisa corrects him and goes, oh, get a life. <laughs> it seems very simple. I know he's been, again, ten, this is his tenth time, uh, ten time murderer and celebrity Jeopardy runner-up. <laughs> Sideshow Bob is in custody yet again. It shows his case. He's court. Goes, now, I would like to weigh my right to counsel and represent myself. I did try to kill the Simpsons. I truly did. But, and be like, ooh, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Simpsons lawyer goes, if he doesn't say but right now, we are home free. But, damn it. <laughs> oh. I pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Insanity caused my persecution at the hands of this young boy. Young? I'm the oldest kid in my class by like two years. <laughs> he was For my first witness, I called Dr. Robert, my father, Dr. Robert Terwilliger, Sr. Which, who is voiced by? John Mahoney. Of course, doing a more posh voice, because he was, of course, born in England, was John Mahoney. Look, that's Sideshow Bob's mother, Dame Judith Underdunk. Who you thought was voiced by Jean, Jan Leaves. I did think so, I did. And then you Lenny, like, because she's a classic guy, do He's oh. like, Dame Judith, you were brilliant in Trollus and Cressida. Didn't they name the Toyota Cressida after the play or the play after the car? My son is on trial for his life. I'm sorry. I know this is a terrible time. So just answer quick. Play, play first, first, then the car. car. <laughs> Damn, I just lost a thousand dollars. Robert was a peaceful boy, sickly and weak, from a congenital heart defect. But then that Simpson boy started tormenting him. And he, he crossed over into dementia. To what degree was this dementia blown? Fool. And he was like, <gasps> and Bart's just like, stop feeling sorry for him. He's a homicidal maniac. He deserves to fry. You see, he knows I'm going through a rough patch. Still, he harangues me. 
Who among you have not suffered at the hands of this demon scamp and felt the urge for retribution? And then the Italian goes up. He ordered pink pizza to 888 poppy poopy pants lane. Poopy pants lane lands and ends in the 700 yeah, blocks. This is up. He's like, he marked my folks in ways. <laughs> and then Homer just turns right to the camera and goes, he cheats at Uno. He's like, Bart's like, Bob's playing y'all like saps. This man's a killer. See how he accuses me at my very own trial. <laughs> that's that's a good line, actually. I, I can take no more. I, I, I didn't want to use this, but you've left me no choice. He takes out some nature glasses and he goes, everybody panic. <laughs> and then Bart takes it foiled again and he throws it out the, the window. Yeah, and then Bob's like, you don't understand. I... Die. And then he kills over, and then his mum stands up and she's like, That nitroglycerin was medicine for Robert's congenital heart defect. And Dr. Hibbert goes up to Jackie's pose, like, This man is dead, and you killed him. Ew, gross, I'm touching a dead guy. <laughs> uh, and then you got Kate Brockman on the news going, America has a tradition of turning outlaws into legends after their deaths. Billy the Kid, Bye and Clyde. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the next story then was Robert Sideshow Bob Terwilliger. His funeral was presenting in a live show. With live, live shovel to shovel, shovel coverage. It shows people filing into the... <laughs> and you got Krusty doing a, a version of Candle in the Wind. Yeah. And, like, and there we see Bob's grieving parents. His brother Cecil left let out of the prison for vacation. His widow Francesca and his son Gino. Also in attendance are Bob's colleagues from the world of clowning. Uh, but a clown cracker that gets out a bunch of clowns get out. Uh, a veritable who's who of ha-ha. <laughs> and then I'll say, you got uh, yeah, doing his thing. He, he keeps promoting a DVD of his yeah. best, of best moments and everything. Pie, pie, DVD. <laughs> and then in comes Bart and everything. He goes, Bart, I know it's not here, but yeah, but try to look sad. I'm not sad. I have nothing to be sad about. Nothing. And then he wanders there and he goes, well, I guess we shall wear respect. And they go out and... Uh, Homer goes, well, between you and you, I still can't stand them, which echoes, still yeah. can't stand them. Homer, well, I don't care about these church jerks. Church jerks. Homer, hey, oh, your behavior is so heinous. And then it echoes, anus, anus, anus. And then Bart sitting on the side, well, you're like, stupid sideshow, Bob. Even when he's dead, he wrecks my life. I hope he's in hell eating a barf burger. And then up comes Seth, goes, coming by two police officers, goes, that's how I once felt. Aren't you Bob's brother? Well, yes, but we never got along. He was always zigging when I was zagging. That's somewhere we wanted to go and tour the castles of Italy. I wanted to tour. He wanted to tour the castles of Italy. I wanted to tour the castles of France. So a compromise went to Spain. Compromise had satisfied no one. That's stupid. You talk like you're smart, but you're stupid. Anyway, I choose to remember Bob as a big brother who taught me to play Botticelli. Sounds boring. Ooh, oh, you love it. <laughs> It's a guessing game to which one player adopts the guise of a noteworthy. You're right, it is boring. <laughs> but but the only way you'll find happiness is by making your peace with Bob. I guess as you say goodbye. You'd better make it snappy. They're cremating him in 30 minutes. I'll be scattering his ashes over the castles of France. Take that, ashes. <laughs> and then he sees well, he tells him he's on the front paper, just so his boy seems region and everything. <laughs> and he says he. And he he tells Bart that he's going to do the pay respect to Bob and everything. Yeah, he's going to set things right with him and make peace. And of course, because I'll say they only got a limited time now, so Lisa quickly figures out what's going on. Basically, she just suits a bunch of words like, I know what's happening, Bart's in danger, and then she explains it later. I love it when she's like, we've got to go save Bart, and then Homer runs out with a curling, <laughs> like, like curling implements and his three strands. He's like, now? But I'm getting a home perm. <laughs> and then 
Hey, Bart Stevens of the Goldfield Bob, it's me, Bart. Came here to tell you I never meant for you to die. I just wanted you to go to jail and get beat up a lot. And everyone <laughs> wishes I was dead. And then Bob pops at the Goblin and he's like, then let's give the people what they want. <laughs> then he put him in the coffin and he was explaining, Bob planned this one, they're kidding. He wanted to get captured to the restaurant. You never get a Shakespeare quote wrong. No. His mother was a Shakespearean actress. His father was a doctor. A doctor, huh? When Bob collects in the courtroom. I remember. His father would be gave his father the opportunity to check Bob with a powerful drug that simulated death. It was a diabolical scheme with every member of his family playing a part. Are you done? Because I've been circling the funeral home for ten minutes. Yes. And then Bart is in the coffin. He's like, cool, I found a trapdoor leads to an underground city. Here I go. Oh my god, it's beautiful. Are you buying this? When they find your ashes, they'll think it's me. I'll be far away with my loving family. The perfect crime. It shows that the police officer were actually his mother and father in disguise. And you see, and it was my part as the lawless performer as a grieving relative that sealed the deal. Yes, and Hamlet is all about Laertes. I wish you would stop comparing me to Laertes. If the doublet fits. And then it goes, they go, stop the cremation. Oh, what smells so good? Zeus's pimples. And then Bart, he's just filled it to his like, gloating speed to switches it the thing to just kill him already. Uh, <laughs> and then we go to save Bart and like, she, some, what was it, throw ashes in Bob's face and like, eat hobo remains. <laughs> and he says, unclaimed ashes. Uh, and eventually get him out like, oh, hot, 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 as the thing's getting close, he eventually gets him out and, uh, the police person goes, freeze, side shows now. You have the right to remain silent. I hope you don't. It's a long way to jail, and I like to chit-chat. <laughs> Wait, I must know. How did you loosen the tiles of my mosaic of murder? I grew suspicious when the, ca- when the casket had extra room built in for your feet. Why would your family pay all the extra money for the comfort of a dead man? Damn these glorious gunboats. That's right, Bobby. You didn't count on one thing. What's that? You stink like my butt. Take him away. Oh, why must I feed him straight lines? Yeah, I think I'll do that. Yeah. Basically, then they look like they're all celebrating like the tenth thing that he's been forced to bring this cake in, and then out uh, pops uh, Bob going, let me give you a slice. <laughs> and then just shows him this tree, you're going to sell with the rest of his family, he's just laughing maniacally. Like, <laughs> his dad's sitting there going, here he goes again. It is seven years to get used to him. But... And then they're, they're playing cards, and he goes, how about three clubs? <laughs> the joke wasn't funny, and the bet wasn't sufficient. <laughs> Uh, I think he pops up once or twice in your non-speaking roles, just having a few lines here and there in another episode. But that's as far as we go with stage two Bob here, The yeah. Simpsons. And I'm quite glad because the first half of that episode was a bit was very hard for me to sit through. You weren't keen. I was not keen. No, I think it was. It wasn't the worst I've seen of The Simpsons, but I agree with you. It was very. It was a slow burn. It was probably though my even with Cecil in it. It was probably my least favorite of the ones that have Bob in it. Yeah, because they have you have a lot of good, 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 good. I think from episode twelve it has its has a lot of strong moments, but from four the season fourteen episode onwards, yeah, you see a real dip in quality. And, 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 and nothing against Kelsey Grammer because whatever part he's given in the episodes, he plays it well. And yeah, everything. he does. But I think because I was watching him so back to back to back all these episodes, the rinse repeat of him getting foiled in the silliest way and the police taking him away did feel repetitive. But yeah. maybe it's because I watched it back to back in preparation. It could, it, there could easily be a show uh-huh. on the ever, the ever dropping quality on the of the Simpsons that we could do in the future because it is definitely one to speak of. Yeah, because because like you say, I I generally find the Simpsons up until about you know 
anywhere between 12 and 14. Mm-hmm. I'll watch up until that. After that, it's kind of, you know. If I'm not mistaken, 2006, 2007 would have been around the time the Simpsons movie came out. Yeah. The Simpsons movie wasn't bad uh, as its own contained thing. Spider Pig. Spider Pig. Uh, it wasn't bad as its own contained like, thing, right? But I really think once you did a, if a TV show, then you do a movie of the TV show. Just end the TV show there. Especially when the TV show is starting to get shaped. Because shaped. the film wasn't bad. It could have been a decent you know, wrap-up and everything. Apparently they went through hundreds of drafts of the film. Of the, of the event, to eventually get the movie that they got because they've been wanting to do a movie for a long time. But I think, really, even though it was still well-known and still on TV, it would have been a lot better, I think, the movie if they'd done it in like the late nineties or early two thousand, like a few, like five, at least at least five to ten years before yeah, we they did could it, have squeezed when, a few more jokes in because five to ten years earlier, because it would have been like the the uh, the bubble wasn't starting to burst yet amongst the hardcore yeah. Simpsons fans, and they would have you, made a lot more money out of it. As I've got a choice between the Simpsons movie though, uh-huh. and Stewie Griffin, the Untold Story, which is just three episodes put together. I'll watch that. What the Simpsons? No, Stewie, Stewie Griffin. Stewie. Because I I love that movie. I love I love the start of it when they're going to the movie premiere and Lois is pissed. Uh-huh. And she's like, Hey Peter, get on. Right. Get I'm, on. I'm not I'm not gonna Lois, get on. Peter get on. <laughs> Look, Sorry, there's booze in the car. <laughs> uh so that is pretty much it. Uh, I don't I don't have any plans for ratings, but if you had to put some episodes like Higher than others. Where would you? Be? Where what would be one of your favorite Bob episodes? Well, I I do love the the air show one, mm-hmm. and I love I love the very first Cecil Cecil mm-hmm. one. I do love that because yeah. I love the little in joke like to Fraser, mm-hmm. you know. And as we were watching it earlier, I thought to myself, the apartment that Cecil's in, mm-hmm. that doesn't to me look like. A Niles apartment or a Fraser apartment. That looks to me like see if her father was as as as, as they were. Mm-hmm. That would be Martin's apartment, I believe. Fair enough. If he was a a snooty type like the two brothers were. Uh-huh. But I I do wish we had seen a little more of Cecil. Yeah, over the years, you know. And I wish I'd been right about Daphne doing the voice of his <laughs> mother because that would have been quite funny. It was, it was. I think it seems. I think once they realised we're getting interested, father. Like, well, we already got his brother from Fraser. Played his brother. Might as well get his dad in to do it. They could have got the woman that played Fraser's mother mm-hmm. to do the voice and and briefly his his date, mm-hmm. who made him flip. Mm-hmm. Well, we could have got. We could have got her and John Mulvey. Mm-hmm. That would have been quite fitting. Yeah. <laughs> so. There we go. I think I think I put the Cecil one very highly. I think that I think my three favorite. I don't know what order I put them in though. But in my Bob episode, I think the three favorite. Uh, my three my favorite are uh, the Cecil one, uh, the first one I had, uh, Kate Fear, and the uh, Say Joe Bob Roberts Rage one for me. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say my top three or that. Plus, I would put the Show one there as a fourth. You know, because mm-hmm. I do like the air show one, Spe- especially with the little cut scene with well, the little nothing scene with Grandpa Simpson mm-hmm. when they're looking for what's going on, and we look in the <laughs> uh, we look in the in the uh, fucking porta toilet. Mm-hmm. Like this elevator only goes to the basement. Somebody made an awful mess in there. 
And then when they open the thing, like, we see the alien. Oh, God, he's got his probe. <laughs> but, yeah, that is the first episode of Eclectic Escapades. What do you think? Uh, what is your favourite Sideshow Bob-related episode of The Simpsons? Are you still one of you watching The Simpsons? If not, where did you drop off exactly? And if you are, why? <laughs> there, is, there is better shows out there, you know. Some people just had to see shit through to the end, apparently, but they ne- the end will never seemingly come. They've even talked about doing a second movie. For the love of Christ. Uh, but I mean, they've been talking about it for ages. I don't think they'll ever actually get around to it. But if they do do it, just fucking end it there. <laughs> so I think a big reason for the change quality is because a lot of the writers from the peak era of Simpsons eventually left, went on to other things. Yeah. And, uh, and, they've went, uh, and they've went all fucking woke and pushed out on a lot of things nowadays. I think I think a few of them actually went on to do Futurama instead of Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> That's where really, that's where really intelligence is, because <laughs> you know Futurama was actually funny and knew when to give up. Mm-hmm. Well, it got cancelled for a few years. Thinking back, <laughs> yeah, but it did its thing, and then it it stopped on a high, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you for listening to Escapades. If you have any suggestions for Fraser cast members and other things that you want us to look at in an eventual episode, we don't know when the next episode is going to be. Maybe we'll do Bugs Life in a future episode. Yay! Right, that's one of my favourites. Uh, I'm wondering here, because David Hyde Pierce is in Hellboy. He voices Abe Sapien, right? Yeah. But because but he said out of respect for Doug Jones, who did the actual movements and actually had to wear the prosthetics and everything, and his voice earlier, he didn't allow himself to be credited in either Hellboy film because he felt like he's doing all the work. I'm the one getting yeah. paid but to do the voice. Well, we can, we can mention should, it as should, a side. I was going to say, should we... Would be able would we able to classify Hellboy as a potential candidate for a discussion, even though IPR says voice is present, but his name is not credited. We can for two reasons. One, it's eclectic escapades, mm-hmm. and there's probably going to be more than two reasons here. But one, it's eclectic escapades. Two, I, I think I can be right in saying we are both big DHP fans. Of course, and we are, you know as fans honouring work that he has done. Mm-hmm. So we can do it. Yeah. And also, it's our show, so we make up the rules, so of course we can. Yeah, it's our fucking show. Fuck <laughs> off. You know? Oh. If, he, if he disagrees, he can he can sue us, and then we'll get some publicity. <laughs> yes. but look, And we can just send him a... No offence, but I think we can both send a picture of our respective heads. like, look at us. Look at what we have. How much do you expect to get out of us? We have nothing. <laughs> Would you like a wrestling collection, Mr. Pierce? Would, would you like a berserker figure? Hoss? 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 How do you play? Hoss? <laughs> <laughs> so that is uh, the episode for the week. Thank you for listening. Next week, how do you feel about this for the next couple of weeks, Paul? Next week, given it's Survivor Series is this coming Sunday. What about next week? We do that series I suggested already. I don't know if we were on air or off air when we discussed it, but yeah. we're doing a little three-part uh, version of From the Vault, which will end in a revisit of the 1992 where next January will be the 30th anniversary of that show. So, And we can also do a small show going for Survivor Series. Who will still be on the roster after it? <sighs> I'm still wondering how the Royal Rumble is going to look, especially the women's win at this stage. Oh, Christ. Can you, can the Women's Royal Rumble will start at the last two and it'll just be Charlotte and Becky. It's it. They're going to have to go back to the 20-person 20, 20 Royal Rumble. Even then, they're going to have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to get right. people in. But anyway, this whole, because of the, uh, the, uh, the direction of the WF Championship, which leads to it being vacated and put on the title of the Rumble, is very, 
Falls goes from baby to baby, falls a really interesting project trajectory. We're gonna do a little three part series starting next week where we're gonna review Survivor Series 1991. Yeah. A show I've watched I think I've watched the Undertaker match, but other than that, the show I've I am going in completely fresh to. And then I'll say at some point in December we will review this Tuesday in Texas. And then in January we will revisit a show that we have recorded in the past, but it was a long time ago, so let's give a wee let's go back and see if we've, our opinions have changed somewhat. Let's go back to the Royal Rumble 1992. So next week will be Survivor Series. The following week we will have that episode we've been saying we're going to do it, but we're eventually going to do it, we promise. Yeah. Uh, the X-Division Championship retrospective. Yes. I think eventually after that we'll have to do some sort of a from the Making an Impact episode. Yes, uh, we will. And some sort of Frasier review in there, as well as fitting in at the Student Texas. We're going to have to... Maybe. We'll have a lot to fit in, because also there's going to be Turning Point to talk yeah. of as well. Yeah, also I say I want to do Making Impact maybe after we do the retrospective of the X-Division tale, because by then Turning Point happened, and we'll have a few weeks worth of programming, maybe some big developments will happen on the way to Hard to Kill. Yeah. There That's we cool. go. <laughs> so we've got, all, we've got a busy month to go in December, and we'll keep bringing this new, uh, our new series that we're, we're all in on. Uh, going into the new year uh, make sure you keep up with everything going on by following us on Twitter at SP Rambling or follow Rogan Pines at Torosalon at Rogan Square Pines follow me it's coming out in 1986 follow, like our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash Rambling Podcast yeah, find yeah. us on all good Android podcast sites Anchor, Spotify, <laughs> iTunes Podbean, Google Podcast and maybe I said that twice uh, you did but it, it, emphasis man emphasis yes yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, Give us a like, rating, review on your chosen platform. Tell a pal if they're looking for a wacky podcast that involves wrestling or Frasier or anything that they want to, to take yeah. their mind off how shit the world really is. You just want to listen to two friends talking a load of shit about a lot of shit. <laughs> hey. A load of shit about a lot of shit. That's really Yeah, a good. lot of shit about a lot of shit. Mm. We talk it. Mm-hmm. Some things are actually quite, you know, fluid with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can get into a good bit of discussion and also talk a lot of rambling shit. Yeah, pretty much. And we will continue to do all our random shit as long as you keep listening. So Please from, keep listening. Please. So from the first episode of the Clinic Escapades, I've been Scott, that is Paul. And and he is Scott. And I am Paul. And we will just say bye-bye. Bye. But any last requests? Well, there is one, but... Nah. No, go on. Well, you have such a beautiful voice. Guilty as charged. Uh-huh. Anyway, I was wondering if you could sing the entire score of the HMS Pinafore. Very well, Bart. I shall send you to heaven before I send you to hell. And a two, and a three, and... We sail the ocean blue, and our saucy ships of beauty. We are sober men and true, and attentive to our duty. I'm called Little Buttercup, poor Little Buttercup, though I could never tell why. What never, no never, what never, hardly ever, ever, he's hardly ever sick at sea. For he himself has said it, and it's clearly to his credit. That he is an Englishman, he remains a